back here at one indescribable podcast where we are talking through the uh hit cw show crazy ex-girlfriend episode after episode and we're nearing the end it's getting a little sad it's getting emotional or it's getting happy and it's building up to the finale who knows what's going to happen here uh well we do because we've all seen it all but maybe you haven't who's to say you probably have anyway i'm adam h here uh week after week on this podcast with some of my very good friends first and foremost of course uh the apple man todd todd how are you I'm doing pretty good. Um, you know, I got so much out of that Apple Man song. There's just so much depth yes. in it. You know, I just learned so much about myself and yeah. all of my friends. It's mm-hmm. just, it's miraculous. Yeah. I mean, it's really, it's a big character moment for you, Todd, specifically. Uh, <laughs> and of course, if people stick around to the end of the podcast, they'll hear a full version of Todd singing the Apple Man song. Uh, <laughs> um probably not although maybe if he does it i mean i'll put it there that's for sure um someone who uh absolutely does not need to have us lasso her a husband it's lindy lindy how are you hello i'm excellent i'm finding my bliss oh did you, uh, you're finding or have found still in the process of finding we'll see depends how this podcast goes could be, be blissful like- could be not so much <laughs> do you want to put like specific parameters before like we really start here like if this happens it will be bliss if, if this i does... win the quiz oh it's all on the quiz <laughs> so, okay. today it is the bliss is all on the quiz wow okay well luckily lindy uh you probably will not be alone in that quiz maybe we'll see because we have a very special guest here today someone returning to the podcast someone who uh, loves lasagna very specifically with san marzano tomatoes it is marissa marissa how are you <laughs> i'm well thank you so much for having me back yeah san marzano over roma any day first Absolutely. of all uh second of all lasagna all the time that's yeah. really what I gotta say. I love a good lasagna. That. I feel like people are like kind of sleeping on lasagna. It's maybe like a little complex to make in terms of like, oh, I'm gonna make a pasta dish. It's also admittedly hard to make a lasagna for like not a family. Yes, agreed. So, but like, Stouffer's makes a quality frozen lasagna. Yeah. There's no shame in yeah. your Stouffer's frozen lasagna. Not sponsored, although I'm sure everyone would accept it. Oh yeah, yeah, certainly. If you, uh, if anyone from Stouffer's HQ is listening, I, w- I would plug your stuff every podcast. <laughs> I would eat it on the podcast. We would turn this into a video pod. I mean, we would do whatever it takes, Stouffer's. Uh, just you know, we'll be in touch. Um, but Marissa, you're back here on the podcast. Not your first, tr- uh, not your first time on here, which is very exciting. Uh, and you're back talking about craziest girlfriend. Uh, yeah. And this episode, very close to the finale. We're almost done. I know. Can you, I mean, first of all, what an achievement for all of you and everyone who's come on the podcast. So congratulations on that and coming towards the end of an incredible run for an incredible show. I love the show. I love your podcast. So it's always good to be here. Um, thank you so much. And then also what a fun episode, like just a weird, quirky 
episode. I think the story of um, season four being the uh, we thought we were going to have more time season of the show is kind of evident at some points within this episode. Uh, but I'm loving I, I love any episode of the show. So it's a pleasure to talk with you about it. Yeah, this is uh, this is so exciting. Um, last time you were here, there was a, a much different tone happening yes. in the show itself. And so we have certainly pivoted away from a lot of that, uh, although we certainly are feeling the impacts of, of what ha- you know happened there and how we are moving forward, how we are growing. We have talked ad nauseum about the growth of the characters of the show and we'll continue to do so for more episodes like you're not that's not going to go away um but i'm curious marissa is there any like particular reason uh this episode over potentially another one in season four so i mean there were a number of episodes that stood out to me in or in season four but i think this one particularly one like i mentioned is just super silly but it reminded me from like going through therapy and everything like starting a new story and when she rewrites lyrics in this episode it's kind of like rewriting the code of the song rewriting the code of her story type of thing and it always stood out to me it's like the baby step towards towards the finale towards her end goal uh, and she's actually doing it so coming from the last episode which i was on where she was completely rock bottom um she as you as you've mentioned gone through so much to get here it's kind of fun to see her doing doing that taking that step and also just it's like i've mentioned super ridiculous and sherry o'terry i mean how can you how can you not love sherry o'terry in this over the top theater i was gonna bring my scarf although it would have no impact on a podcast (laughs) (laughs) she's like whipping around um but she was a delight to see and i also remember like the first time i saw this episode going sherry o'terry what are we doing so just fun all around yeah, we're doing wild stuff. Uh, man, I, I actually should have brought my scarf too. I love when like you have those little prop things. Uh, it was I was recently yelled at because I use my glasses as a prop all the time, and so like I love those kind of little things. Just like throw the scarf around. Yeah, uh, very much standout performance um, in this episode. Okay, uh, well this is super exciting here. We only have a couple episodes left in season four, uh, and this is you know episode fourteen. Uh, there's a lot riding on this episode near the end. I just want to build that up right from the beginning wow. because Lindy had built you know. said right before the podcast how important it was to her and so i just want everyone to be thinking about that as we go through the podcast you know what i mean like there's a lot riding on this lindy do you have any thoughts you've been been quiet for the last like five minutes here i'm sorry i was letting other people talk yeah no no worries no not at all i just want to bring you into the mix well now you're making me nervous about the quiz by by telling people (laughs) to think about it this whole time like Mm -hmm. i don't like that i don't want to think about it until until we get there Okay, well, we'll get there sooner rather than later. Um, Also, potentially worth noting here, this episode, because it was kind of, uh, you know, weirdly split up in terms of like there wasn't necessarily one storyline throughout everyone that involved everyone. We're going to be doing it storyline by storyline. So some of these are going to be a little bit shorter. Some, uh, And then obviously we're going to finish probably with our uh, our main cast there kind of all together. Um, But... Uh, I think without any other further ado, I feel like we always do more time at the beginning and I'm, I'm just trying to prolong this out and Lindy's going to get mad at me for wanting to prolong this out anymore. That's okay. Without any other further ado, Lindy, take it away. <laughs> All right. This one is called I'm Finding My Bliss. 
Um, and like Adam said, we're going to go by storyline. Um, but there's a couple things at the beginning before we break out into different characters. So as always this season, we're starting with the theme song. Before we get to the ending uh, little sentence, Marissa, I just want to ask, what do you think of the season four theme song in general? Uh, it's not as good as Blam, but it is very catchy. So like even before this, up, we started recording, I was like, do, 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 do. Like, it's just, yeah, you know, very fun. Um, but I do like the, how they, you know, mix it up at the end of, um, at the end of every theme this, this season. It was a little bit different. The season three, um, the season three theme is like, so like all like so many different personalities of her which is where she is in the show and this one she's just kind of like sitting back on a bench you know reflecting on her life so I like it it's fun it's still got the pizzazz of you know season two but is in her own grown-up reserved way awesome so now we talk about the ending phrase each time so this one was I have the Benjamin Button disease I'm 70 um i'll go first this was okay um again i think it takes a lot for these to impress me <laughs> so i'm always pretty much lukewarm or flat out disliking it uh todd what about you i think this one amused me more than it probably would have normally just because a couple of days before i rewatched the episode i was in a DD game and there's a running gag about asking if someone had benjamin button's disease and so it's kind of like oh i was not expecting there to be like a you know connection between the game i just played a couple of days ago and this so it probably made me laugh more than it would have otherwise so i kind of enjoyed this one still a uh, not hilarious but it made me chuckle yeah, I think it's really interesting. We have, you know, we've seen 14 of these now. Uh, there's only, go, you know, there's only going to be, what, 17. If you only have 17 random lines to put in, are you tossing one to Benjamin Button? Like, does Benjamin Button gets one of these? Uh, I have a feeling this was a writer's room. Like, we're going to put <laughs> stuff in a cup and we're just going to pull one out. And this one, and they're like, well, this is what we said we we're going to do. Or they, like, rolled dice on it and this is where it landed. Uh, but yeah, it was a reach for benjamin button like that was so long ago wasn't it it was like early 2000s was it ever popular like is benjamin button a popular <laughs> movie like i know that i have seen it and know about it but i like i'm i'm weird i don't know that like it's a popular mainstream type thing i mean it was definitely really well known at times i mean for, for the cast okay. alone you know but, it was brad pitt uh, right it was brad, it's a brad pitt movie so it's always going to be kind of like in the public consciousness but it was you know 2008 is never it came out hmm. should we do a, a benjamin button podcast should we no. do the po should we do the <laughs> podcast benjamin button style should next week we start we should oh we should do this week next week we start at the end of the podcast no and go backwards no, I don't think that's gonna work. What if we with did, the quiz? You start with the quiz, Lindy, start, and it's out of the way. We start with the tiebreaker of the quiz, and then we go, <laughs> and then we go backwards. But then, what's the point of playing the rest of it then? To find out if we needed the tiebreaker. Oh my god! <laughs> I think there's something there. Or we do a one-off podcast about the movie Benjamin Button, but we do it benjamin button style so it's okay we'll, we'll I'll figure do, this you know out. what yeah. i'll do whatever as long as i don't have to watch the movie <laughs> have you never seen Ooh. the movie no i have not you oh. could tell her anything about the movie honestly we could tell her what the movie is yeah. i think she'd believe us yeah <laughs> 
I, well, that's the point. I I don't wow. care actually what it's about. So wait, so so I I have to go back to your response to like the the opening of this theme. You said you like kind of liked it or didn't mind it that it was okay. You haven't even seen the movie. But I I've heard of, I've heard of that name. I knew it was a movie. Do you know what Benjamin Button disease is? Don't do they age or they don't age or they age backwards or something? Okay, All right. yeah, age backwards. Like, that's true. It, at least like that's interesting to me that it. <laughs> Huh. Okay. I, I think it was a big this, part but of like pop this culture. right here. This is what I'm saying. Yeah. Like, is it popular? So have people seen this movie? <laughs> I haven't seen it, but I know that. But, you know but Libby also movies. doesn't watch movies. So That's Libby not having true. seen it, is it really like an indication of how popular the film was or not? Yeah. And I mean, said many, many times. Uh, I saw just her jam. this in the movie theater. That's all I can say. <laughs> But I was also like going to the movies for anything at that point. Mm. Um, I don't know if Benjamin Button was released today, if it would have the same cultural impact as it did in 2008. No, but I would like to see the memes and the TikToks created as it was oh, yes. were released be a today. Filter, that be would a be a whole thing. Oh, yes. <laughs> I, yeah, that'd be so funny. Okay, so there's the beginning, Lindy. <laughs> That's the first line. Excellent. So we're one <laughs> sentence into the episode. Um, okay, so also at the beginning, there's kind of a mixture of storylines here. So we'll just do this scene and then get into the individual stories. Um, so at Rebecca's place, she and Paula are picking out their outfits. Rebecca needs a dress to wear to her audition for the um, the local theater musical. And Paula needs to pick out a suit for her upcoming interview. She's interviewing for lawyer positions. Um, and Rebecca picks out Navy for Paula because it brings out the sparkle of justice in her eyes. And I loved that. <laughs> um, and then Paula brings up, you know, Nathaniel, Greg and Josh to Rebecca. But Rebecca says they're in the way of her true love, the theater. <laughs> so she's excited for this new opportunity. She knows it's going to feel right. Um, and then talking about Paula's opportunity, Daryl is not taking this very well, but Paula says, oh, he'll be fine. Um, and then we get another teaser of a storyline that's in this episode. Valencia walks in um, asking what the emergency is because Rebecca said she had an emergency, but it was just what dress should I wear? Um, and Valencia thinks that Beth is about to propose because she just had coffee with Valencia's mom and Valencia is very excited about this. So this is setting up most of our episode here. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if I would peg blue as the color of justice. I don't, but okay. Like, it, well, if it works, it works, you know? I think uh, what she said is it brings out the sparkle of justice. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. So yeah. it might not be justice itself, but it it um, complements justice. I could see it. I could yeah. see it. Hmm. I just feel like that's the kind of thing I would say to my friend. <laughs> it was a very relatable scene. Like the, what should I wear for what purpose type of thing. And even like calling your friend over to like, see it in person. Like we remember the whole like blue white dress scandal of some time oh, ago. Right. Like you cannot text a dress to people. Sometimes they don't point. get it. You know, they might not know what color it is. They don't know if it brings out the sparkle of justice. <laughs> I did call Todd just before the podcast, to sit, like so we could coordinate and just make <laughs> you sure did a that great we, job. yeah, we figured out what we were going to wear color wise. Yeah. I'm sorry, um, and you didn't call me. 
No, I, I mean, you've never called us once about giving justice I mean, or doing this, stuff like that. This also, is our weekly call, you know. Yeah, I mean. what do you mean? John and I have to coordinate our fits. What? You- what? Wow. <laughs> also, Lindy, do you really want clothing advice from Todd and I? <laughs> no, but I like to be included. Okay. I get it. Well, I get it. Okay, we'll call you next time. Do you want to? Do you want to just scrap the first fifteen minutes of this podcast, and we can talk about the outfits, and then just start <laughs> over? No, because <laughs> um, again, not trying to break any records here. <laughs> Would love a tight, you know, two and a half hours, maybe. Cleared <laughs> five. I cleared five. Oh no! This is oh, ready. No. <laughs> oh my goodness! This, wait, this is the. <laughs> Sorry, she, Jess. You're going oh down. Gosh. She just came in here out of nowhere. It was like I cleared five hours, and Lindy's face of just pure dread. She was like, "Oh my gosh!" It took a I'm... second to sink in. Yeah. And I was like, "Oh no, 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 no!" Yeah. Oh my god, Melissa and Jess always have the trash talk of the record, and and Marissa's about to come in here and just beat them both. I'm just down. Kidding. I'm ready for the five hour podcast. The pod will be what it needs to be, but yeah. I'm prepared. I don't really know how we could make this episode I don't know <laughs> <laughs> oh, but man. if anyone could i think it yeah. does <laughs> what i have faith about this opening scene though that i thought was really cool just to note the growth as as um we've been doing throughout the season of rebecca she's like i don't need men anymore my true love is the theater and i think for someone like her you know working through codependency working through those things to acknowledge that you can love and something some object some activity some something was kind of cool for her to realize now i'm not knowing i like i don't think it is the love of her life that she wants it to be but it was kind of cool a cool like self-awareness moment at the start of the episode for me at least yeah, I think there's definitely merit to that. But at the same time, there's also the Rebecca is putting all of her faith in this yes. one thing, being the thing that's going to fix everything. And, you know, that is a very Rebecca thing to do and something that one of those patterns that she needs to break. You know, it's, it's good for her to be trying different things. At least she's found something else to focus on. Thing will be the, But she's kind of done that before in the past as well. Oh, you know, a lot of it was in like, you know, aid of like getting a guy. But she's done this before where she like hears this new thing, finds this new thing, and she puts all of her energy into it, thinking it's gonna be the thing that fixes everything. And so like I, uh, it's still it's still a bit of a dangerous thing. It's it's good that at least she's not doing it for a guy this time and is doing it to make herself better and to improve herself. So it is a step in the right direction. But again, just Rebecca, just be throttle back on the expectations just <laughs> a little bit. You know, maybe, yeah. Oh yeah. Theater's a thing that's good and can help me on my journey. Not, yeah, theater's gonna fix everything. But that's maybe they'll find a, a, a happy media. But at least at least the, the pendulum swing in the right direction for like her goals not being i'm gonna find me a man i'm gonna lasso me a husband you know so <laughs> but better that's that how rebecca say. is when she's in love you know there's glitter exploding inside of her ah. and she just commits everything to it so when she, even though it's not a man this time she's committing you know her love to the theater but she's gonna have such high expectations for it and that's how i could tell that it was not going to uh <laughs> live up to her <laughs> expectations yep 
Uh, so we will get to the whole musical storyline after we've talked through the two other ones in this episode. So we're going to start off with Greg and Heather here. They're a little bit disconnected from everything else in this episode. Uh, so Greg is at his dad's old restaurant, uh, Serrano's, um, which he had mentioned some point in this season. He's doing, you know, a thesis project, doing a pop-up for this restaurant, um, and everything's a mess in the restaurant right now, but Heather's there helping him, and uh, I love <laughs> Heather's talking about the booths and about if he's going to, like, kind of redo the fabric on them, and she says, when I'm having a nice lasagna, I don't want my thighs sticking to a synthetic, and Greg says, okay, for that problem, I'm just going to recommend pants. You would. It's just like, <laughs> you would. It's very sticky. Like, I don't like it. I get where she's coming from. Well, oh, for some sure. of us like to eat lasagna without pants on, okay? That is all I'm <laughs> saying, Greg. Like, what the heck? At a restaurant, Jeez. in a public restaurant. At a public restaurant, especially a new public restaurant. So so last week was topless planes, and this week is going to be bottomless restaurants. Is that where we're heading now? Or? Well, there are some restaurants where I do, like, bottomless mimosas. And so, <laughs> you know, we kind of transition into there. I just have to say, like, right at the start of the storyline, I feel like this is the... This is like the B story that really stood out to me as like me enjoying it the most. I feel like I really didn't connect with the other one. Um, and I had kind of a lot of issues with the main story, but I feel like this one was just like all hits. Uh, I, I really loved it all. I feel like uh, ironically, when we got Rebecca out of the situation, I feel like Greg had an opportunity to actually like be a character here. And so like, all we've seen so far is new Greg with other people and like specifically Rebecca. And now I feel like his pairing with Heather here was number one, a very interesting choice because uh, lest we, lest we forget uh, earlier in the show, there was a, a, a little romance uh, uh, between these two. And so this pairing is not new to us uh, in the show, but it, it, it felt, uh, it, it definitely felt unique and I feel like it felt really refreshing. And so uh, Greg kind of getting on a really good path here. It ends with uh, just, you know, incredible stuff. I really loved all of this. Uh, I was a huge fan of it. Yeah, I think the key of getting Rebecca out of the situation is a big part of why I think think this stood out in this episode as well uh and especially the relationship between Gre greg and heather before was also based around rebecca like she the whole reason he went out with her was to like try and make rebecca jealous and she lived next door to rebecca but now you know heather knows her restaurant stuff and she's there and helping greg out and <laughs> Greg is noticing the absurdities of doing his thesis projects miles away from his school, but it's also providing him some healing on his end too. So I think it was fruitful for everyone in the situation. Yeah. So Heather points out that she thinks that he's doing this here in West Covina to be close to Rebecca. Um, but Greg of course denies that, but the look on Heather's face, you can tell that, you know, she knows that they, he's just denying it and that 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 she's right <laughs> um that's kind of a thread in um the, with josh and nathaniel in this episode as well um we will get to that but basically everyone wants to be near rebecca it's just that's just how it is um so in the next scene at the restaurant greg is planning the menu and chris walks in i love that we get the return of chris he can drive now you know 
Yeah, that's huge for him. <laughs> uh, okay, Lindy, maybe I'm not quite as high on the the Chris stuff specifically as you are. I don't know. I don't know that I needed Chris again. I liked that we kind of got him here in this context with Greg, but like, I if the show ended and we didn't see Chris again, I would have been I would have been fine. It's not Chris specifically. It's like the the cute little friendship between Chris and Greg. And so I'm really confused that you said this storyline worked for you the best, and yet you didn't even care about the Chris part. That's like half of it. Yeah, I, well, I'm not saying I hate it. Like I didn't it didn't hate the Chris part. I was just like. Uh, why why is chris here also because they're friends uh, yeah i will just say uh in the year of our lord 2022 i do not know that i need middle-aged men being friends with people (laughs) who are just learning to drive that they're not related to you know what i mean like i like in retrospect i don't i i I don't know (laughs) it was always a little weird yeah i don't you know uh i don't know (laughs) <laughs> I don't know. I don't okay, know. I mean, <laughs> obviously, like we love. I don't know. I love Greg. I'm not. I'm very much not trying to insinuate that there is like a big problem here or something. The show. The show is not trying to take on that kind of commentary. So I'm not like I don't want to ascribe that to it because I think there are shows that like do that kind of stuff a lot better. And like there's a big message to send there, and there's a lot of issues in today's day and world. Blah, 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 blah. You know what I mean? Like we could go on the whole spiel here. That's not what Craziest Girlfriend is trying to do. I'm just saying, as a general rule. I don't know. Maybe we maybe we keep our age gaps not quite as large. <laughs> I just like that he was the food critic for the paper and knew his tomatoes and wanted yeah. to like really just go in there. Like that I appreciated seeing like a little check in, a little growth. Yeah, it was kind of weird that he hung out at a bar when he was very young and <laughs> did become friends with this guy. Um, but I think that also Chris can serve as like the emotional maturity of the people around it. Like everyone was kind of like an emotional kid when Chris was around at the beginning of the, of the series. And now Chris has grown up so he can kind of be telegraphed as like a barometer for emotional maturity in a way. And maybe that, I don't know if they got that deep, but um you know, having him check in is just like another reminder of of growth. I, I did there appreciate. Yeah. <laughs> I did appreciate him referring to you know the fact that adults are weird about seeing people. Oh, you've grown so much. Like you know, kids yeah. hate that, hate that so much, and yet it's going to happen every time they see someone they haven't seen in a while. Oh yeah, it's just going to happen every time. Yeah, why do we do that as adults? Because I've now found like my I've I've like a niece and nephew uh, that admittedly like actually have grown like a lot. But even I do it, and I don't. I hated it when I was growing up, and I don't know why I do it. It's just like this instinctual thing of just like, okay, you were like the size of a water bottle when I saw you last, and now you're like in fifth grade. You know what I mean? Like, how? I don't know. Why do we do it as adults? Should we stop? Can we like start the movement to stop this? Even though I am part of the problem, <laughs> it starts with you, Adam. It starts with me. Oh, we're screwed then. <laughs> I mean, that's the, the, mo- the movement is me. The, the moment is the me. Movement, yeah. The, the movement. Yeah. Okay. Uh, should we movement. should we this talk about these movement. tomatoes? Actually, should we do like a little quasi Adam's Kitchen Corner here? Yeah, I was I was going to ask. I was going to yeah. ask your thoughts on the tomato conversation. Um, I I should have brought it because I have San Marzano tomatoes in my cabinet right now. Mm-hmm. I love San Marzano tomatoes. Whenever I'm making tomato sauce, it's very important that you make it from scratch. You use your own tomatoes. You crush them up with your hands. Thank you very much, people get a little get dirty in there you know 
as the Italians do. But wash your hands before you get dirty. Well, okay, yeah, I mean, you should wash your hands all the time. Yeah, <laughs> you know, before, even after, probably as well, depending on you know who you are as a person. Uh, Sam Rosano tomatoes, pristine, the only good tomato. Plus, they're like cheaper than the uh, like. It's good. It's it's better and cheaper. So it's very confusing to me why people don't use. Uh, don't use them more, but the, people always buy like their canned pasta sauce and it's like a whole, you know what I mean? Don't do that. Just, just make your own sauce. It's really good. It's really easy. Um, there you go. There's Adam's Kitchen Corner. Very pro Sam Marzano tomatoes. It's been a big year for Sam Marzano yeah. uh, because they also showed up in a TV show that I covered once before called The Bear. They are a they are almost their own character in that show. So if you if you want to continue your San Marzano television uh, watching, I check out The Bear. Yeah, yeah, I'm just going to double plug that because The Bear, in my opinion, was probably the best or second best TV sh- TV show of the year. It's, I mean, like, you know, legitimately up there. Uh, and the podcast was fantastic. So definitely go check oh, that. A little, little 27 minute in podcast plug there, right there. Uh, go watch The Bear. Also on Pleasure Recap. Very good. <laughs> Meanwhile, I could not tell you the name of a single type of tomato. <laughs> <laughs> there's tomatoes, and then there's tomatoes. And. Yeah, that's the extent of my tomato knowledge. Not not really a big tomato guy. Okay. Are you a small tomato guy? Oh, you like big tomatoes, ch- small tomatoes, tomatoes, in between pota- potato- potatoes, <laughs> potato tomatoes. <laughs> <laughs> I prefer tomatoes, but oh, uh, yeah. oh, nice. Wait, really? Do you really say that? No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> No, I just, you know, I just don't really eat tomatoes on anything. You know, I'll eat like tomato sauce on things, but in terms of like actual tomatoes, just no. And I, I don't make my own tomato sauce for anything either. Sorry, Adam. I know that's crushing. Because apparently no, everyone should, needs to do it. Crushing the tomatoes. <laughs> oh, there, there's, there's the problem. It's good stress relief. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It is actually. Do <laughs> well, you have any tomato thoughts? Um. Not really. I think we've covered the whole <laughs> spectrum of tomato thoughts, really. Is this a, is there going to be a spinoff podcast about tomatoes? <laughs> uh, clearly not. Todd doesn't no. know a tomato from a potato. <laughs> Lindy has no tomato thoughts. It'd be a very short podcast. <laughs> tomatoes and Benjamin Button coming soon. Yeah, <laughs> near you. I'd rather talk about tomatoes. <laughs> then I don't have to watch a movie. There you go. Now I'm trying to think of tomato movies that we could make Lindy watch. There's the Big Night. Attack, oh, of, the Attack of the Killer Tomatoes. Return of the oh, Killer Tomatoes. Killer right. Tomatoes Eat Paris. I was going to say, always use Ask Todd. There's a movie about everything. <laughs> Wait, what do you mean Killer Tomatoes Eat Paris? I believe that's the name of it. It's like it's <laughs> one of the ones I haven't seen yet. Actually, a, uh, one of the, like, re- I think Return of the Killer Tomatoes was like in the first film roles of George Clooney. George Clooney was in Return yes. of the Killer Tomatoes. Yes. Okay, I take it back. I don't want to talk about tomatoes because <laughs> then I just have to watch more movies. So there's movies about everything, Lindy. They always get you. That's the problem. Just so like the killer tomatoes. Bear is a TV show. Yeah. I will watch the bear. I want to. Oh, sorry. It was Killer Tomatoes Eat France, not Paris. Killer Tomatoes oh, Eat France. Like the whole country. The whole yeah, country. Yeah, They're yeah, even that's... more powerful than we yeah. knew. <laughs> well, once you take Paris, <laughs> tomatoes take <laughs> <laughs> it really opens it up <laughs> oh boy yeah, i think um, there's a movie called the cars that ate paris and that's where i got confused so how many different okay a lot of eating paris, paris. I, i'm thinking of you today 
Paris is pretty big. Yeah, this is tough. <laughs> Eaten twice by tomatoes and cars. Okay. Well, um, <laughs> so easy to transition from yeah, that. Exactly. All right. <laughs> All right. <laughs> um, yeah. So Heather is saying how the musical um, is opening on the same night as the restaurant. And so she's kind of excited that she doesn't have to go to the musical. She says she doesn't like musical theater because people are always talking and just start singing. And it's always just like, what? Oh, Heather. Heather, Bad luck. Heather, Heather, man, you know, she's nearly my favorite character. And then something like this happens. And it's just like, can I reconcile my love of Heather with her dislike of musical theater? I just don't know. That's I tough. Know. That's a tough one. But it's so Heather to not like it. Like, it's she's very true to her. Here's the yeah. thing. Like, th- the this moment is her. Sh- this show <laughs> is made by people who love musical theater. And so, yeah. like, they're writing this line for her. So it's really... I, I, you can take... <laughs> Adam's face. Like, what, yeah, what, when have we ever used this logic before to excuse any other line ever? <laughs> well, how would you use that logic on another line? I don't know. <laughs> Okay, then. This specific line is about musical theater, which is what the show is. They're poking fun at themselves, okay? I, I know they're poking fun at themselves, Heather. but they, they just use Heather as the vehicle for it. I guess that's that's the reason, like, why why you have to put those words in? I, I do agree. It does. It, it feels very Heather-esque, but at the same time, it's like a dagger in my heart to have yeah. Heather be the one voicing these anti-musical theater uh, sentiments. I understand what they were doing, but, oh, Heather, why? Why? I think it shows that you can be friends with people if they don't like musical theater. <laughs> like it's like people who don't like it and people who like it can still be friends. Yeah. No, there's no too much. Because like a large majority of my friends don't like musical theater. I suppose that's correct, but it's it's still still. Do we have hard any data on this? Do we have? I mean, I feel like <laughs> it's a hypothesis. Huh. Okay. Let us know. I guess I don't. I still. I guess I still don't know if Liddy really likes musical theater. I was gonna say. I mean, I definitely uh, described myself as someone who did not like that before I watched this show. So, has the show like got you to enjoy more musical theater? In general, yes, but I. I wouldn't say I've like uh, ever. You know sought out opportunities to watch more really but i definitely appreciated it more mm. through watching the show you're not at the breaking out into song and dance on your own stage yet well that's different i love to entertain people <laughs> <laughs> my singing it's a zero but my commitment a million <laughs> yeah yeah we do try and get Lindy to sing on the podcast all the time she just says no every time i did it she did do it once. It's true. Yeah, you did do it once. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and no one has anything to say about it, so it was terrible. Okay. I think people loved it, Lindy. I think people really well, loved name it. Name one person who. What do you loved mean, name it? one? There's no. Everyone loved it. You, can't you know what? Name a you know what, Lindy? You know what, Lindy? I loved it. What do you okay. have to say to that? Yeah, nothing. <laughs> There you go. Yeah, see? She has nothing. She's absolutely befuddled right now. So I mean, you're going to sing again? Um, I don't know. Okay. It depends. No pressure. 
but I'm here bit. for you cheering you on if you choose. Yeah. Thank you. Um, it helps. It helps if I get compliments. So when Adam said that, I didn't believe him, but I was flattered. <laughs> what incentive do I have to lie? What do, <laughs> what do I have to gain? Do you want me to sing again? Of course I want you to sing again. People loved it. Oh my gosh. This We're not getting back in this loop to There's loop, no okay? loop. Also, if there is a loop, it means you're singing again because that continues the loop. So that maybe in the loop de loop. Yeah. Maybe. This song goes in a loop de loop. Yep. Yeah. I know you she love that song. Close. It was so close. Yeah, that was right there. She even got a little shoulder yeah, movement so too. Close. She was dancing a little bit. But I purposefully just spoke the words. <laughs> yeah, we know. yeah, we know. <laughs> yeah, we, we know. Yeah, we heard. We heard. <laughs> Um, you know what else everyone heard? They what? heard about the opening of Greg's restaurant. Whoa! And but at first Greg thought, oh, no one's coming. But Heather's mm -hmm. like, there's still five minutes till we open. So it's like, Greg, like, what are you even talking about? Like, you're not even open yet. And you're like, oh, no one's coming all night. Also, uh, how okay, is it have you ever been to a restaurant opening? I guess maybe I've never been to like a restaurant opening. Because it struck me as like, okay, it's opening at whatever time. It seemed like it was kind of dark outside. So whatever. It's opening at like whatever time. And like everyone is showing up right at the opening. Yeah. I've been to like a soft launch. Mm -hmm. But that's like Ooh, a week long fancy. thing. It wasn't oh. like, uh, it was It was just like, a, hey, we're going to like try lunch. So like, come. it wasn't like mm -hmm. at 7 p.m. We're going to open the doors and then this is how it goes. Um, I think greg doubting that people are going to show up is just like him falling back into his own story his old stories and then being proven wrong by the results of his growth and uh they didn't have that much time to dedicate to his story so they showed it to us with restaurant people <laughs> like that, that's yeah. where i got that out of but yeah in terms of that's i mean i don't know people are notoriously late to restaurants <laughs> I actually, I do have a problem with how this scene was set up because, okay, Heather says they, what? <laughs> no, I'm excited to hear your problem. Here's the problem. Okay. Heather says we don't open for five minutes and uh -huh. then immediately like people come up to the door and she lets them in. Okay. If you're not open yet, why are you letting people in? Also, here's my biggest problem. The only people we ever see <laughs> working at this restaurant are Heather and Greg. And let me tell you, if you've got all these tables walking in at the same time and you're seating all of them, they are expecting to be served when they sit down. And you're telling me that Heather and Greg, the only two employees, are going to be waiting on all of these tables, including a 10 top that Heather mentioned? No, mm. that's just not happening. So I'm sorry, but they said it was successful, but I don't believe it. <laughs> wow. I feel compelled to defend it just because of Lindy's passion. I feel compelled to defend the situation. The only, the, the one thing I will say, I, I, I've, you know, whatever, a tent top is very difficult to serve. There's no way. And there's no way one of them is doing the whole thing. Unless, unless the soft launch is a like lasagna only type That's situation. Right. And it's like, they made some lasagna and it's like, here, we're just going to soft launch. Here's Maybe they do like drinks or whatever, but like, it's just lasagna. You don't have to worry about taking orders or like just special whatever. Just lasagna. That's my only thought of just like it's a soft launch. Maybe it's just this one thing. They did talk about the lasagna. Uh, and so maybe it's just that. And that I do think it would be possible. They did hand out a menu. So I think the answer is somewhere in between you two. 
that's usually the case just <laughs> in general no yeah. i think i'm 100 percent right um <laughs> like i said that's usually the case uh... <laughs> look maybe yeah maybe they only had a few options but they still have to serve people with drinks they have to ask them what they want they have to put in the order the kitchen's gotta make them they can't make them all at the same exact time so they're gonna be staggered it's just not gonna work yeah. the way that the scene began i'm just saying the only thing I a frame of reference I have for this is Top Chef Restaurant Wars. And <laughs> I mean, it's hard. Yeah. Front of house always goes home. It's it's, it's sad. Yeah. Sorry, do I need Greg. to get into Top Chef? Is that I, how well, do you not watch Top Chef, Adam? Because I always watched Master Chef. No, no, no. Well, I didn't know. <laughs> okay. I didn't know it was a whole thing. I just was like, okay, I'll watch. I watch one of them, and I was like, oh, I need to watch another Ooh, one. Yeah, you gotta. Yeah, watch. So the should Top I? Chef. Is it that much better? Like, is it? I mean, I enjoy it a lot more than Master Chef because there's a lot more team, uh, like team challenges, mm-hmm. and you get to learn more about the chefs, and it's not. It's not as intense. It's intense, but in a different way. I don't know. Okay. There's more judges. Anthony Bourdain was on the early season, so it will always, always have like a special place in my heart. I do. I do really like Aron Sanchez. And I, so yeah, uh, I'm. No, he's on. Ma- he's on Master Chef. Oh well, you can watch him and watch Top Chef. You can have a world where Is you he watch on. Both. Okay. Sometimes. Sometimes. Like, oh. Okay. They have, like, it's a okay. It's a whole. Oh. There's like a new three, but then there's always like. A When's guess. the new season? Is there a new season coming out that I, I can hop onto? I would have to look it up. Okay, I'll get. Well, yeah. All right. Yeah, Speaking of Talk like, Chef. Yeah, the last one ended not too long ago, so I'm not sure. But, you yeah. know what? They probably talk about tomatoes on Top Chef. Probably. Do you, twenty season. Oh, is it not until twenty twenty three? We still have some time. Okay. Well, we'll see. Well, maybe we'll have a Top Chef update in a year. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Sorry, let me. <laughs> Uh, but we do have an update on how the opening night went. Uh, mm-hmm. We kind of cut to after everyone has left. Greg and Heather are sitting there um, and they have this conversation. Um, I'm sure we'll want to discuss it. So basically, Greg is surprised that people like this place. He thinks that it failed before when his father is running it because West Covina turned its back on it. But Heather says she pushes back on that. She's like, no, it's because your dad was a drunk and t- a terrible businessman. And... Uh, you wanted to find reasons to hate it here in West Covina because you hated yourself. Um, and she says, trust me, I dated you. It was not cute. <laughs> but she says, you worked on yourself and maybe now you're ready for this town. It's always been ready for you. And Greg is like, wow, I forgot how profound you were. I love her response. That is always a big mistake. And you is. Never forget how profound Heather is. Uh, no, I love I love this whole scene. I love this whole interaction between them. I love the callback to the fact that they did date and that Heather does know him pretty well. Like he's not just someone who dated her her friend. Like they actually dated and like she had to deal with his insecurities and she had to deal with all of that. She was like saw up close and personal like everything with his family that Christmas and everything. She like knows him really really well. And so she's speaking from like a a really informed place about how he's changed and you know his view of the world and how his view of the world was colored by his like self-loathing at all so i think this was like a really good really good scene really good uh, back and forth between them and heather like opening greg's eyes into how because he knows that he's changed but he doesn't realize how much how he's changed has affected his view 
of of the world or how much his how much his previous personality affected his view of the world and so her kind of holding mirror up to that at this is like a really really cool thing yeah because when they dated heather was in her psych major phase right like so she was like studying him not just like getting to know him so it was good for her to be able to to share that with him here adam did you like the circling back to kind of the greg and heather relationship calling it out of course yeah i mean this is like very emblematic of what i said i really enjoyed about like this whole storyline um there wasn't a lot of it there weren't that many scenes of it but i think that like this put a nice bow on it before we get uh you know obviously the song afterwards here but i think that like this was a really good greg episode here um and I maybe I'm like more predisposed to say that than other people on this podcast, but I think this was a very good Greg episode in terms of like where we see him at the beginning and where we see him at the end here. A lot of good stuff front to back. I feel like um, I feel like I know Greg better because of this, and I'm excited to see how this element of his story continues throughout the rest of the season. Because so far, since he's come back, we've basically only seen him with Rebecca, and it was a lot. And I think that, like, again, separating them out, letting him have this, letting him have a win here. This was just, I mean, this was just a win for Greg. Uh, I really loved. And so um, I don't know, not to spoil the truly happy, I don't know that Greg was in enough of the episode to get it, but like, he's up there. He's really, he's, he's in contention for sure. I really loved a lot of this. I think that's a really good point about Greg getting a win here because we never really get to see Greg have wins necessarily. You know, uh, even though things have been kind of like positive light for him this season in, in general, like even after he like he made a good friend of Nathaniel, but then found out that Nathaniel was Rebecca's Nathaniel and that friendship kind of crashed and burned. And even like the the hospital episode ended with him kind of like repairing his friend with Josh a little bit, but is becoming friends with Josh again, really a win for anybody. No. I don't know. Uh, so yeah, but this is like an un- unequivocal uh, win for Greg. Just thing we haven't necessarily really seen on the show much, if at all. So yeah, I think that's like a really, really good point that you know, now he has a little bit more of a boost of confidence, a little bit more faith in himself and in the town. It's economic storytelling by by the show as well because it was like very efficient in one little storyline we learned so much about greg okay this didn't work for me as well as it did for everyone else (laughs) i was really just like okay whatever um (laughs) i'm so sorry i just can't get into i can't get into new greg i just oh boy is it because (laughs) Adam's rolling his eyes. She's been like this the whole time. <laughs> because that's how I feel. The and whole that's what this podcast Your feelings are valid. Your feelings are valid. Your feelings are valid. However, Please. I just. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. no. Your, your feelings are valid. Full stop. Full stop. Uh, I just, uh, I don't know what it is, but I think Skylar Astin is just better at Greg. And it just makes, it makes a difference for me. Mm. And I don't know. But then he also, I'm also concurrently at the same time as I was watching this episode going through Grey's Anatomy and he just pops up on Grey's Anatomy too. So like anytime, spoilers (laughs) for Grey's Anatomy, uh, anytime, but who doesn't (laughs) pop up on that show? Uh, (laughs) Like anytime he just shows up, I'm like, are you going to sing? 
Is there going to be some sort of thing happening? Uh, so I'm I'm always primed for him to start, especially, you know, the whole Zoe extraordinary playlist of it all. Um, but if you're if you're an OG Gregor, that's okay. It's a, you there's room in this world for both, you know, as exemplified by the show, because they had both. No? I have an important <laughs> question. Okay. Are you watching So Help Me Todd? Oh no, I can't no. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna ask, does he sing on there? I don't know, but you like he does in my head. Anytime I look at the man he's singing, because <laughs> I don't know. He just does. Well, I'm I'm glad when New Greg works for someone. It right, works it's for, just Greg, Lindy. It works for Adam. It works for Marissa. It works for Martha. You know, we've got a lot of fans of New Greg on this podcast, and I'm just not one of them. Well, and also, like, old Greg, like, turned out to be, like, a villain in Frozen, so. <laughs> <laughs> wow. That's all I got to say. Spoilers for Frozen. Really we should judge him based I, on that. Actually, I would like to hear from anyone who's listening to this that was spoiled <laughs> on either Grey's Anatomy <laughs> or Frozen. <laughs> if that was you, I want to hear from you. Like, I really want to know. Spoilers. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like uh, Jess Sterling may have been spoiled on Grey's Anatomy from this podcast because she's not oh, up to that Jess, season yet. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. Not a spoiler. You just said that the actor was. I'm in not it. editing it out. So. It, <laughs> I don't think. Wait. Okay. Marissa just did a podcast about spoilers, and it did. I, oh, <laughs> cross coverage! And Go I watch Mediapedia over Bozoria. <laughs> I'm gonna, very. You know what? Spoiler... We're plugs mid podcast from now on. This is how. <laughs> when it comes up naturally, why wouldn't you plug it? Yeah. We're talking about spoilers, so mm-hmm. I just wanted to point out. Marissa just did a podcast about it. I listened. Thank you. I just want to say it was great. I love Mediapedia. Okay. Um, I am to- so spoiler versus I hate spoilers. But I, I personally, like, if I find out, like, an actor is in a show, like, I don't think of that as a spoiler to me. Like, Skylar Aston in Grey's Anatomy. What is that going to tell you about the show? Exactly. He may or may not sing. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> Well, on this show, he does sing. And that's where we have the first uh, song of this episode we're going to talk about. And the only actual proper song we're going to talk about. (laughs) Um, So this is What'll It Be? The Reprise. Um, Adam, you love Greg. I think you love this song first time around. What do you think of this version? I I feel like I said some very big sweeping statements the first time that we did this uh, the original song uh hey was Covina, what'll it be i think i said something like it was my favorite song of the show still true that original song is still my favorite song of the show that much has not changed and this honestly was a masterpiece in reprises truly so good like if we're talking about connecting old greg and mm-hmm. lindy's quote-unquote new greg or greg as some of us call him this was Greg. Spe- spe- <laughs> Greg. This was spectacular, like truly spectacular. Like the way, especially like right at the he he does the little piano riff, uh, like the Billy Joel piano riff. He's like, still got it, and I'm just like, yeah, you do. Like you, you have, you absolutely freaking do, Greg. Uh, it's it's just so good, and like not only is it, uh, it's it's such a good song. It's so catchy. It like hits me right in the feels. The 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 meaning behind these songs at the two different times that Greg sang them 
just chef's kiss perfect like the first time he's singing this he's like he's contemplating leaving west covina like this is all about like what am i doing here like what's my purpose here where can i find this like you know what'll it be here and then he like makes the very difficult choice to leave everything behind and go somewhere else this is like a very emblematic song for him and now here we are he just got a big win this episode and he's deciding to stay here and it's like oh my oh my god give me more greg this works for me in every possible way i already know lindy hated it i i don't even care i will not be dragged down by any negativity about this uh greg is it's so good it's so much fun plus it's like also in like his new place too like that whole restaurant feels like very like the whole the whole setting of it was so big especially because the setting of the original was at home base where greg like hated his job and now he's like his whole new job here he's like getting a win not only in work but in life is his personal stuff it's just amazing i'm all for this like the symbolism is so good the song is so good the piano is so good uh and skylar Aston uh can sing so i'm i'm all for it give me all of this wow um (laughs) i have to say i knew i mean i knew you'd love it but i did not expect that passionate speech we just got yeah it almost feels like why should anyone else talk about this song we're not gonna match that but i'm offended you would think i would hate this why would i hate this like it was it was good I don't know. It was good. It's, yeah. It just felt like the very dramatic thing to say of like I know Lady's gonna hate this, you know. Also, you're giving me a lot of phases. So Adam, this was the best song in this episode. Yeah, okay? agreed. And then there yeah, were like six I, songs. I was like mm, kind of a little, little damning with fake <laughs> praise there, maybe, but still. No, it's really good. But uh Marissa, what did you think? Uh I think it is a masterclass in reprises due to what Adam had pointed out in terms of the different points in the character's life in terms where this is usually you know you only have a movie to kind of see where this is and this is stretched out across seasons and it like really pays off if you've been paying attention the whole time if not it's still good so I think it was an A plus on that front but I do have a question do you think Taylor Swift watches the show probably not well in the what'll it be song he says the problem is me and uh-oh. In Antihero, this is like I am not a Swifty, but this is close to a Swifty as I will get in the conspiracy theory. There is the hey, hi, it's me. The problem is me, you know? Mm-hmm. So all that's all I'm saying. If someone out there can prove it, it's there. That's it. Maybe she does. I don't know. Adam, would this you This is why I should not be a Swifty. <laughs> if you want to be a Swifty, if Marissa's right. And she does love Crazy Ex-Girlfriend and specifically this song and New Greg. Are you, uh, Lindy, are you trying to assume that I am not a Swifty? I just assumed that. I don't actually know. Wow. What a bold assumption. I can't believe you would, I can't believe you would assume that about me. Smash cut to Lindy five seconds ago. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Do you, do you think I'm a Swifty? No. Not a lot of confidence there. Todd, do you think I'm Swifty? Eh, I don't know. <laughs> okay. I, <laughs> I mean, I I have very little context for who is... I, I assume everyone your age is Swifties, I guess. Todd is, everyone Todd is like, my you know, age. Oh Todd my is like, you know, tomato, potato, same thing, whatever. <laughs> yeah. Who cares? Swifty, 25-year-old. What's the difference? <laughs> 
they're all the same. All, all I know is that it's like all I've heard the young people talking about these days is the Taylor Swift album. So it's very big on the TikTok. <laughs> That's how I know it. The tickety talk. Oh man. Yeah. <laughs> so much of what was just said. <laughs> yeah. You're welcome. Was <laughs> it hurt me in my soul. Adam and I are You're welcome. Right now. <laughs> You're welcome. That's what it was designed to do. So. Oh my god. Kids these days are, are always talking about Taylor Swift on the TikTok. Oh my god. Okay. Uh, I mean, I, I, guess, I don't know if I would call myself like a full on, like I'm going to pay a million dollars to go to the tour, or, like, do, you know, do like one of those type of things, Swifty. But I, I mean, I listened to it the night it came out. Like I listened to the new album uh, and I probably listened to it three or four times since. So I don't know. It's a I liked album. I like Taylor Swift. Yeah. I just am not. I can't do the like conspiracy theory. She said this five years ago, which means this thing. Oh, like, that, yeah. That, I don't know. Anything. Yeah. yeah. But I will tell you, I did think of Antihero when I heard the song. So that made me think maybe she watches Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. Listen, that's a very popular song. And so thinking of like the high quality of this song and the high quality of that song, that makes complete sense. Taylor Swift, if you are listening to our podcast, <laughs> yeah. yes. let us know. You can be a guest. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Is Greg the Taylor Swift of Crazy Ex-Girlfriend? Oh, that's interesting. <laughs> For another time. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe that that's the that. only way that we're ever going to get Sarah on this podcast I mean, is if ooh. we combine CXG and Taylor Swift. That's um, it. Let's do that. Yeah, yeah do I, it. Two of my favorite favorite people, Taylor Swift and Sarah. <laughs> wow. I I have to say, I think Rebecca has to be the Taylor Swift because who else yeah. the show writes so many songs about their exes? Mm. I feel like that's, that's kind of like the, the Rebecca. Yeah. Uh, Yes, I agree. But it also might be fun to go through Rebecca's exes and Taylor Swift's exes and like match the, you know what I mean? Like match them up. Who who were the problematic ones? Who was the Midnight Rain? That's what I need to know. Josh Chan. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Like, who knows? <laughs> okay, I'm that's a future podcast idea. A great yeah. off-season podcast for us. I'm yeah. not kidding. Um, we're doing it. <laughs> Case closed, okay? Yeah. I'm gonna start no, listening some I'm gonna start listening to some Taylor Swift music apparently if that's gonna be a podcast. So. Todd, I'll 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 send you all my favorites, okay? Okay. All right. So that was Greg <laughs> that was and Heather. One storyline. That was the shortest storyline. <laughs> all right. Nice. Moving right along. <laughs> all right. So now Daryl and Paula. Um, so they've got kind of their own storyline here too. Um, so Paula, as we set up in the beginning, has been starting to go on interviews for jobs now that she has graduated from law school. And Daryl asks her how her interview went. And, you know, Paula is trying to kind of uh, ease Daryl into this idea of her leaving. She's like, you know, I was the top of my class. And so firms reach out to me for jobs. And Daryl, uh, it's heartbreaking. He's like, but you have a job here with us forever. <laughs> Um, and she says, you know, she has to see the official offers. And Daryl's like, oh, you want an official offer? Okay, I see. You're playing a game. Okay. And he, like, winks at her. And she's like, no, okay. <laughs> Gotta cheer on Paula here. I mean, it's she, she has had so much inertia in this role, right? Like, just staying at the same place for so long. And now she's starting to value herself and step out there. So the whole time I was like, yeah, you get that offer. You go, you go and get those the offer, and Daryl deal with it. He'll figure it out. But also, Daryl doesn't know how to figure it out, so it's comical. 
Yeah, Daryl's not even going to remotely deal with this or figure this out in a healthy way. This is this is brutal from Daryl. I think it ends in a sweet way, but we'll get to that soon, I hope. Mm. Um, <laughs> I'll try. Maybe. So Daryl is at the wine bar that we see a lot this season. Um, and the servers there are very impressed with his wine choice. Someone came in on their day off because they heard that he had ordered this. Seems like it's super expensive. Um, Paula arrives and when she realizes which wine it is, she's like, oh, we're going to need separate checks. <laughs> I respect that. Um, but Daryl says it's going to be his treat. And a server even walks over with a platter and reveals a scroll <laughs> that has Paula's offer on it from Daryl. Um, and she just takes it and she's like, thank you. I will compare it with the others that will come via email. But I have to say, this would be a really cool way to get a job offer or any sort of, you know, announcement on a scroll, on a platter. That's pretty cool. It's definitely letting you know who you'd be working for. Like, there's <laughs> of, like you, I'd have to ask myself, do I, am I committing to this? <laughs> like, yeah. Is this the I number would... on the scroll would have to be higher than the other numbers by like a good amount to justify <laughs> like Lisa you this is a good thing Lydia I I would yeah I think it's cool use the money that you're spending on wine and scrolls and put it in the page I didn't say like the wine but the scroll I mean how much did that cost not very much no but like getting someone to deliver it on a platter they work there okay you just asked them five minutes beforehand hey can you please bring this over to my table easy peasy Mm -hmm. (laughs) they probably think it's like a marriage thing like you know like a like a marriage proposal Turns out it's a job offer. Yikes. You never can know. You know? Yeah. I get those mixed up all the time. So. <laughs> well, they do wonder why, like what occasion it is that he got the wine for. And he's like, oh, you know, I'm having dinner with a, you know, an employee who I'm trying to convince to still be my employee. Like, <laughs> yeah, I think, I think like the like, like, oh, I'm, I'm getting ready to give a job offer to someone who already works for me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it makes it sound even worse. Todd, this might be how we have to convince Lindy to stay on the podcast with us after CXG. A scroll. Like, like hire once, someone to, like, yeah, Lindy we will get hire a someone. door one day. Yep, yep. <laughs> There's like a. There's someone there with a scroll. Make that sure you a podcast. Make sure you make a podcast of this moment. Oh, okay. So, so, uh, <laughs> we have the, okay. So we have to figure out who the scroll deliver is because that's uh-huh. the bulk of the podcast. I mean, that's yeah. the key. It to sounds everything. like it has to be one of you two then. Hmm. Yeah, that kind of <laughs> takes away the us like finding someone and you know forcing them into doing our bidding mm-hmm. to uh, to do it. That Whoa. takes that bit away from it. Um, but that's not the bit I liked. I just liked the fancy scroll. Uh, so she wants the scroll. She so just wants the scroll. Why does it matter if we deliver it then? It doesn't matter. So if a scroll just went up in the mail, like if like if you we we like you know UPSG a scroll or something yeah. like that, then okay, 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 yeah, that's you can do that. Cool. Yeah, do we that. just got to zero in on what actually is is it that's working. I think we got confused by the whole delivery on the silver platter. Thing. Yeah, I, I really got the, I got focused on the reveal element of like pulling out the platter, just reveal the scroll. Take a shoebox, cover it in aluminum foil, put yes. the scroll <laughs> in it, get it delivered. Bada Love bing, it. bada boom, podcast. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> I don't know where the podcast comes in, but I everything up to that, I was like, yep, 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 okay, yep, I can do that, yep. Figure it out. If you want me, if you want to offer me this yes! job that I already have, yes! I want to accept it. You got to give me an offer. That's I'm what I'm worth. You. Okay. Yeah. 
Okay. <laughs> I don't know. I'm not your boss. I'm you no, started this. You suggested no, it. Well, I know. I was. I liked the scroll moment, and now it's turned into like a whole power thing. And you know, okay, all right. Maybe okay. What about this? We all have to send each other a scroll. You don't care about the scroll, each okay? Of, well, but you. Uh, what? Why would I care about the scroll? You you didn't like it. I'm the only one who said, oh, "Yeah, I think this is cool." You thought it was weird. For a job offer. He thought it was weird for a job offer. He didn't okay. say he doesn't like scrolls in general. I'm a big scroll guy. <laughs> <laughs> if I know one thing about Adam, he's a big scroll guy. Big scroll guy. <laughs> oh my god. Scroll. I still like this. We should, yeah. We could we could I'll give each other a scroll. I think that would be fun. And then, okay, whatever. We'll, we'll talk about it. We'll talk about we'll it. We'll figure that out. Um, Maybe that'll be. Does Taylor Swift have anything with a scroll? Can we combine probably, the podcast? Probably. Ideas? Yeah. Is there probably. A, okay. Did she, does, did Mormon we could spec her up with her by scroll? We could get Sarah to give Lindy a scroll. Okay. Is that what's to do with Taylor Swift? Is that a and thing? Next Yeah. Well, okay. We'll fit. We'll noodle on it. We'll figure it out. There's something there. I am sold on this. I will be watching slash listening slash whatevering this yeah. entire thing. <laughs> It'll probably end up being almost nothing. <laughs> Fine. I'll, I will watch the tweet come on my screen. Yes. I, okay. I, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh Maybe waiting a while, but it's hopefully it's worth it. I got something to look forward to. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, Paula has something to look forward to as well because uh, when she arrives at the theater um, for the musical we'll get to the whole musical but she talks to Daryl who's there with April and she says that she got an offer she shows him on her phone apparently it's a lot we don't hear exactly what it is but it sounds like it's a really good amount of money and she, Paula is excited because now she knows like this is what she's worth she might not take this specific job but now she knows like this is what a job can offer me so I need to you know, accept something that reflects like how great I am at this. And all the hard work she's put in and everything she's paid for her, her schools and all of the stuff she's put up with like this entire time. It's a big moment when you realize how much you're worth and it's validated by people outside of you as in a job offer via email. I've never received <laughs> a job offer via scroll. So I don't know what that impact is, but job offers via email can, can be quite, quite good yeah here's my question in this um in this storyline now daryl obviously put some sort of offer on this scroll is daryl just like unable to offer a higher amount because it's like a small firm or something or or what is because i don't i don't see how he wouldn't up the amount to keep her there if he could right yeah, I think it's just they are a small firm. That's like in future episodes when we see the firm that she's going to mm -hmm. work at. I think that you no know, mountaintop just cannot uh, compete with the salary offer that Paul is getting from these like big, big firms that are reaching out to her. But it's also true that when you get a promotion at your current place of business, it is less than if you were to go get a new job. So there is like truth to that under capitalism mm. that. Mm. Because <laughs> um, people like they already have you, like they will assume that you do not want to pick up and go somewhere new, but will accept, you know, maybe just a 20% raise when you could go get a new job and get a 50% raise. 
not that I'm advocating for everyone to drop and get new jobs, but in my I might experience, be just, you know, that is how it has worked for me. The podcast might be advocating for it. It's just, you know. <laughs> know your worth. Regardless of what yeah. you do, know your worth. Yeah, and Daryl, um, he's obviously sad about, you know, this all changing. Um, he hears the Apple Man song, which we will discuss later, but it really affects him. He says, I'm an apple man. Paula is my apple and I need to try new fruit. And he kind of recaps everyone who has come and gone from the office. And Paula's been there through all of it. Um, my favorite part of this was there was a mention of Karen. Yes, yeah. I was going to say that. But Karen, Karen's absence got mentioned and I was very, very happy. Still not happy that she's gone, but happy at least got acknowledged that she's gone. Me too. Should we continue cross-promoting? If you want to go find more stuff with Karen, go listen to the Mighty Ducks podcast. Also on Posto Recaps. You can find Karen there. There's no yeah. mid-pod ads, you said. Yeah. No, there's no ads mid-pod. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I mean. Plus, Are you talking about on this podcast? Yeah. Or the yeah, Mighty yeah, Ducks yeah. podcast? I messed it up. Continue. Uh, okay. No. Okay. <laughs> Marissa said ad, but like she meant she the meant plug. plug. Oh, yeah, what that's what I'm upset about. Yes. But he's the one who put that in there. I know. He broke his own rule. Wait, exactly. what, am I, what am I upset about? The plugs <laughs> mid podcast. I said we're going to start doing them all mid podcast. Oh, we heard stop. You want to oh, do that? Yeah, I'm saying this is the new way we're you doing You didn't like here. it when I just <laughs> did it. When did you do for the media? This is no, I said, I said, that's literally when I said, we're going to start doing them mid podcast. You did not indicate any. Oh my God. Do you have to go check the tape again? I think she read your statement as sarcastic. Possibly. I think that might be. Oh no, I was dead serious. It's we're starting a trend mid pod plugs. Yeah. (laughs) I see no downside. (laughs) I like it, but whatever. I, I will say I did get caught up on Mighty Ducks because uh, I'd fallen behind. I did get to see several episodes with with Karen uh, yeah. in it, and she is nice and kooky. She's not full on Karen kooky, but it is like it's it's nice to see her on my TV again, even if it's like on a show that's nowhere near as good as Crazy Girlfriend. But it's good to see her again. And now um, we're throwing shade at other. <laughs> show, not the pod. The show. Not the podcast. Not the podcast. Just, the show, just the show. Just the show. Um, I think the podcasters would agree. That yeah. <laughs> At least one of them, Melissa, I believe, would agree. It's nowhere near as good. So, so April asked Daryl, like, you got all of that from the Apple Man song? And he's like, yes, of course. I love the way he says, yes, of course. <laughs> like, what do you mean? <laughs> yeah. yeah but I then- like that because it's just like, and you didn't get it from good bosses and friends of their friends store somewhere else if need be. He's like, nope, I didn't connect with that one. Yeah, classic Daryl. I also say I like the fact that April is back. That they didn't just forget about that and and throw have it be a throwaway thing from them getting together at the hospital. That we actually get to see them out on a date and hang out together, not making a big deal about. It. They're just like they're out and everything, and they're just together. I think that's like nice. I liked that too. Um. So then we have a final scene uh, for this storyline. Daryl and Paula are talking. He is telling her to take one of those great offers. One of the songs made him realize that, you know, he needs to let her soar elsewhere, basically. And she asks, was it money isn't everything unless it gets your family out of debt and sends your kid to college? (laughs) He says, no, I didn't vibe with that one. (laughs) 
Um, but he says he shouldn't have tried so hard to hold her here just because she means so much to him. And Paula says something that Daryl probably really, really appreciates. We are friends, real friends, not just work friends. We'll be in each other's lives forever, no matter where we get our paycheck. And in the background, you can hear the You're My Best Friend music playing. It's so sweet. I loved this moment. Yeah, they can't not be friends, right? Like, they've been through so much. The woman went through binders of women (laughs) at one point for this man. So, you know, they're going to be forever friends. better than work friends um, yeah i mean i yeah i love that paula is finally you know acknowledging this friendship in a really you know um specific way with daryl and actually spelling it out like we are real friends because you know he has called her his best friend so many times and she's never reciprocated uh, like like that but to hear her say it here i really i really liked that yeah, I think my one issue is like uh, the it coming from the Apple song and not like the other songs felt like a little convoluted and like a bit much mm-hmm. for me. But we'll talk about the songs when we get to the last storyline. So yeah. like the, the fact that that was like any involvement there, I was like, OK, like <laughs> could we not have done this without that? But although honestly, that was probably my favorite bit of this whole this whole storyline. It's like the one thing that made me laugh was the. Uh, the Daryl getting it all from the song that everyone else hated and not getting things from the, the other songs that were more on the nose. I thought it was funny. Um, I thought it was very true to Daryl. Yeah. All right. And that was their storyline. Uh, so now we're going to get into uh, the last storyline, the biggest one here, which is the musical and everyone involved with that. Um, so the first scene for that storyline is Nathaniel. He is at the jail um, and, you know, he's working on a case with one of the women there who asks why he's there. Um, she thinks it's so he has something to talk about with Rebecca. <laughs> and of course, just like the scene with Greg and Heather, Nathaniel is denying this. But, you know, he says, you know, I cracked a smile when I find out about her and Greg, but I'm not pursuing her. But you can tell again with the look on this woman's face. She knows he is just denying this. She knows he is into Rebecca. And I, one thing I don't like, I don't like the implication that he's only doing this because of Rebecca. Because one of the things that we loved about him doing this stuff at the jail initially was it was not about Rebecca. It was not. It was very categorically nothing. It was about him trying to be a better person. So I hate the fact that they're implying here that he is still only doing it because he wants to have something to talk to rebecca about that's like my one ding on the storyline because i don't think that was his motivation i think with greg i think it's there's more sense there i think now the thing of getting involved with the play that's because of rebecca but i don't like the idea that he's still only doing this thing because of rebecca that's like my my one ding on this little bit i know they're doing it to the to have it line up with the josh and greg of it all but i didn't like that aspect of it yeah he doesn't need this to talk to rebecca it's not like rebecca's not gonna talk to him (laughs) Or, you know, like, or pick up the phone or answer the door or anything. Just the community theater part of it, I think, would have been enough. Because um, I, I like the whole jail thing and what ended up coming from it for both Rebecca and Nathaniel. Um, but I guess they needed someone outside to remind us 
that Nathaniel's still hung up on Rebecca. Yeah, I, well, it was like like you said, Todd. At least at the beginning of the stuff with Nathaniel in the jail, the show didn't even want us to think that it was like because it was a him and Rebecca thing. It wasn't just like that was our read of the situation. It was like the show is telling us like this is the situation, and now it very much seems like the show like it wants us to think is like, hey, did you hey, look at this? He clearly wants Rebecca, and it's like okay, like you know, we're already gonna do this later, but. I'm also very quick to judge Nathaniel for a lot of things as Lindy, uh, you know, uh, Lindy, what did you think about this uh, opening here? I, I, I don't think that it's saying like, Oh, the only reason Nathaniel is doing this is, you know, to be able to talk to Rebecca. I think it's mostly just part of the bit where we have three scenes like that in a row with Greg, Nathaniel and Josh of someone telling them like, Oh, you're just doing this to be close to Rebecca. Um, so I think it's more about like, they ha- all have feelings for her and not about like, oh, Nathaniel's only doing this for that because mm-hmm. he's not. And we've seen that he's not. Yeah, I think I just wish they'd found a different way to do it. The thing that I am holding on to is like, I feel like this, the person he's talking to has been proven in her previous episodes not to be the most observant of the women at the prison <laughs> or not to be the the, the most uh, intelligent necessarily and to make some weird leaps. So I feel like her being the one that like, oh, I know, I know, you know, like, yeah, you don't know. You don't know. That's the thing that I'm, I'm holding on to. Uh, So then we get the scene with Josh, who is on the phone with the community theater. He volunteers to work backstage for them, and they accept that. Um, And then Josh's conversation is not with a human. (laughs) It's with Estrella. And um, we we hear the Aquarian bubbling, and he's talking to Estrella, um, who, and says, like, oh, this volunteer stuff has nothing to do with Rebecca. But okay, he's talking to a starfish. This is where uh, I am reminded that they were supposed to have more time on the show. This between like this scene and the Nathaniel in jail scene, like they could have done a little bit more here. But I think they were just like, we have to get Josh somewhere, somehow involved in. The- and I totally like. I love Australia. I would talk to Australia. I'm a big Australia fan. But I think there are some moments like this in the show where it's like, oh, if we only had more time, maybe we could have gotten a little bit more. It wouldn't have to be. This is a very silly episode. So um, it fits with the vibe of the episode. But I think sometimes it's a little jump sharky like this this moment. Can I ask what you mean by like not having enough time? Oh, did you did you know about this? Like, so the show. I think was supposed to have five seasons or more episodes in the fourth season. And so as a whole, they started plotting, they had the whole show plotted out from start to finish. And then we're told by the network that it's going to be shorter. And so they had to like scrunch a lot of the storyline together. I thought it was always going to be four seasons. It might've been less, more episodes. It was, like, there's some they might sort plan of... for like a full 22 episode yeah. order and like losing those like basically five yes. episodes, uh, four or five episodes, uh, maybe. Supposed yeah. to be longer in one way or another. I mean, to me, that would make a lot of sense because this season feels very lopsided. And especially this, this end run, it feels like we're suddenly like, you know, charging forward on a lot of storylines and like kind of pushing things forward that have been that if we had had more time because we never have a chance to breathe much in between like Rebecca and Greg meeting again and we're not going to get together. Oh, we're getting together. Oh, now we're breaking up. Oh, now we're together again. It's like, there's very little time for Rebecca to really rest in her 
I'm not going to be with guys before suddenly she's back with the guys. So I, that, that makes uh, sense to me that they originally have wanted this to play out over longer. I wish they could have a, a maybe, you know, done away with some of the stuff towards the beginning of the season that uh, Adam talked about a lot, you know, felt kind of like it was marking time waiting for mm -hmm. Greg to get back. I wish that we could have like maybe pushed some of that back uh, or shortened some of that because I do feel like a lot of this end game feels very sped up uh, and it would make sense if they had originally plotted out for like 22 episodes and suddenly are down to like 17 with the concert, then a, uh, they're suddenly losing four to five episodes depending on what they originally had planned so that makes sense to me i don't know i just like i i think i've felt this way throughout season four like it it just hasn't lived up to the first three seasons for me and i i said this a lot in the episodes before greg came back of like we're just like treading water right now mm -hmm. waiting until that happens and so i don't feel i mean i don't know what they had planned so that totally could be it that they were planning for something different but the way i feel when i'm watching it is like there's a lot of extra weird stuff in this season that like isn't really necessary so maybe the and ending is rushed but the rest of it doesn't feel rushed to me yeah no that, that's kind of what i was saying like it's, it's a very lopsided feels very weird um because they rush everything at the end but at the beginning they drew it out and i don't know why we mention it in either the concert or there was like a documentary about this where she talks about like what they had to cut and why they had to cut it. Spoilers, spoilers for that part <laughs> of the story. Yeah. But that's how I learned it. Yeah. I don't know that I necessarily have anything to add here about either the conversation or the, the starfish other than just like, this is, this was, this was dumb. <laughs> 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 like i don't know like was the was the starfish like farting back to josh and like those were, also this is like australia number 15 or whatever like i i don't know this was this was a lot i like josh could have just been randomly already on the pit crew the stage crew for like a side job yeah. That could have already been something that was happening. We already saw him like moving stuff. He's been doing random jobs all season. They have they had no idea how to figure out what to do it. Like this could have just been more like of a chance random thing that like oh he's already involved in this situation and like he and Rebecca get more time together that way and then like that is part of her kiddos because he sees her on stage like so, like there were there were better ways to do this than a farting starfish. That's all. That's all I have to say. I mean Hector could have been there. He could have had the conversation with Hector about. You know, they could have like he could have actually had the conversation with an actual person. I know they're going they're going for the gag. I just don't think the gag worked really well. I do think it's interesting that Josh is like the only one who really went out of his way to be near Rebecca compared like Nathaniel kind of stumbled into it. And Greg, she comes to him at the end. But Josh is the one who was like, you know, actively trying, like seeking out this reason to be around Rebecca a ton. I mean, I guess you could say Nathaniel bringing the paperwork to her could fall into that, depending on your reading of that. But I feel like Josh is definitely the one who is doing the most a uh, active searching for a reason to be around Rebecca. But like, to the other does two. that even make sense? They live together. Like, what? <laughs> Very true. Why, uh, why do they need well, more? <laughs> yeah, I mean, you definitely <laughs> because she's not going to be at the house as much. She's going to be a uh, at the. Rehearsing, she has to be there. I don't know. Don't don't 
Don't make well, me try to defend a Josh Story. I'm like not. Adam Todd. <laughs> oh my God. Todd, I'm not trying to make you defend it. You picked up that mantle yourself. I'm just letting you know how flimsy it is. No, I was just trying to I just tried to point out that Josh is the one who's the most desperate, is what I was trying to point out here. So yeah, we've been new. That's you know. <laughs> well, there's a there's a um there's some other desperation going on in this episode. Um <laughs> we <laughs> We see Valencia and Beth at the wine bar. Um, and as we saw at the beginning, Valencia is expecting Beth to propose here. So Beth says she has something to ask Valencia. And Valencia just says yes before she even hears the question. Um, <laughs> but then Beth says three words. Jersey City Condominium. <laughs> um, so random. She found this place. It's right over an underpass, and Valencia's mom is gonna co-sign. Like, what? First of all, like, now obviously Beth had no way of knowing Valencia wanted her to propose. That's not the problem. But like, why is she finding a condo in Jersey City and asking Valencia's mom to co-sign before she even asks Valencia if she wants it? Yeah. It's like a big ask, uh, you know. Uh, how long have they been together? Have we done any math on this? Do we know? What is time in this series? I don't know. It could be um, five minutes, honestly. It, it, it's hard to say because they got together during the time jump. Yes, this is okay. true. It was... How long has it been since the time jump, though? How old, is, how old is heavy? Oh, that is so hard to say. <laughs> it's so hard to a know. A few months? TV baby. I don't a know. A few months? Really? Well, okay. Remember, um, so they had the high school reunion, and that was after the time jump, right? Yeah, that was and the time jump. They were like, "Oh, we're here for the series of holidays," um, which makes me think that was in the fall. Less so, than a year, right? Like less than a year. We feel very confident that they've been together. I think so. Yeah, and they've been living in a very tiny, tiny, tiny apartment. Yeah. Oh, that's true. They have the fridge bed. <laughs> yeah, they do have the fridge bed. Um, this whole thing with like Valencia being like, I need a proposal and like being very upset about it. They haven't, they haven't been together all that long. So here's the, here's the thing. I think that the show was commenting on, there is a longstanding assumption, I think with, uh, the lesbian community <laughs> that like you meet and then you move in. And I don't know if that's what they were commenting on. It, I've just been told this by friends. <laughs> like We just met. Don't worry. We're not moving in yet. Yeah. So I don't know if they were touching on that. Um, but I could also kind of see why Valencia was kind of expecting it. If someone goes to talk to your parents and you're dating, no matter how long it's been, what do you think is happening? Especially, at least from my perspective, in, uh, you know, Hispanic culture. <laughs> like, that's like... You're asking for something. Yeah. Hmm. It just, ha it just hasn't been that long. I feel like, and I, I do remember like very early on, we got like Valencia being upset that Josh hasn't, you know, proposed. But that was, I mean, that relationship was way longer than, than this one was. So this is, you know, relatively new comparatively. I, I, I don't know. There was, a, like I said at the beginning, there was a lot of stuff this episode that was just like, uh, okay <laughs> and like this whole part of it because i actually really like beth and i really like beth and valencia together when they are like doing stuff and being kind of snarky and like getting involved and stuff this felt very much just like a 
like a bad like a bad C plot that was thrown in there because we had characters for this week and maybe not you know what I mean like it, it just like they were there and like not adding a ton here yeah I think the impetus for it felt very forced I mean you could make the argument that Valencia feels like so much pressure because the Josh thing went on for so long and now she feels like she and Beth are meant to be. And so she doesn't want to like fall into that trap that she did with Josh again. But again, they haven't been together for that long. Even if it's been a year, that's, you know, not that long for her to be like ready to give ultimatums. It's, it's a little wild. Um, she did go to the cryogenic chamber. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> Have any of you ever prepare. done that? Have you ever, yeah, have any of you ever done that? Yeah. No. I haven't I've either. Taken but a really I, cold shower, but that's the closest <laughs> I've gotten. I almost always end my shower blasting cold water. Just like, absolutely. Lenny's giving me a face. I don't. <laughs> so I don't do that. It's, no, so thank ref- you. it's so refreshing. It just, nope. like, bam, smacks you. <laughs> nope. Ty, I hate it more than me. <laughs> Like, it's supposed uh, to like help with dopamine production and like yeah. I need all the dopamine I can get, baby. Like that's I like <laughs> yeah, just, maybe that's oh, my problem. I would be yeah, you got it. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, I, I I don't know. I don't know if I would like recommend it because it hurts a lot or at the very beginning. But like, <laughs> oh my god, no, no. But then it's like um, after you get out of the of the shower, then it's like wow, I'm ready to freaking take on this day. Like then you're go. finally warm. That's why <laughs> maybe. Although my apartment is very cold, so I don't know that it could be that either, but maybe. Yeah. Oh my god. It's a whole thing. There's a whole science to it. Like people sure like cold is. plunge, they do all this all that stuff. Oh yeah. Well, uh, Marissa, I'm sure you have you done a polar plunge before? I have not. I have not Gosh. done a polar plunge. Okay. Well, but I'm, I'm gonna I know come, of I'm going to come to yeah. Chicago and we'll do a polar plunge okay. together cuz I freaking it's so much fun. Going in the oh, great, Linda. You want to do it? We have a lake here. Yeah, I want you to take one second and just think about whether or not I would do that. No, no, no. <laughs> you, you just straight up wouldn't do it. I would not do you it. You get us, okay, Lindy. Imagine this. <laughs> just imagine the situation. Picture it. Picture it in your mind. Close your it's eyes. Cold. Picture, Picture what? No, no. I'm about to get to it. You have to have patience. You're you're sitting in your living room. Knock, knock, knock on the door. You open the door. Wow, we're going. There's a scroll. <laughs> <laughs> you open up the scroll. Adam and Marissa have invited you oh, yeah. to polar plunge. I wrote the calligraphy myself. Yeah. Are you, <laughs> okay, are you coming? Like, when and where? Well, At this time in yep. the place. Yes. How far do I have to travel for this? A distance. Yeah. Why, why are us. you trying to add more specifics? You were already upset that I was trying to paint the picture. Let's just would you would you go? No. Well, scrolls aren't as powerful as yep, you thought. Clearly, they were. Scroll, clearly doesn't care about scrolls. You want me to travel to an undisclosed location okay. at an undisclosed Well, it would time. be a body of water. <laughs> yeah, but it would be you, with us. Exactly. exactly. And a scroll. There we would bring another scroll. How many scrolls is it going to take? <laughs> I don't That's know. What Adam's asking. Like, in case anything, this is recorded. So yeah. you're okay. Yeah. I just, I think there's better ways that we could hang out. <laughs> you might have a point. You might have a point with that. Yeah. <laughs> What's better? 
not Adam, we don't have time for me water. to list all the things <laughs> that would be one. better. I want you to list one, just the one activity. We could go bowling. Oh my god, that's on ice. No. <laughs> okay. Heck, I'll go ice skating. I love that. Okay. Oh my god. You're not going to say there's no difference between ice skating and jumping into I ice was about water, to say submerging. A, yeah, kind of. I was about no, to say very different, Adam. I was about to say depending on where you ice skate, me ice skating is basically a polar plunge if there's, you know, opportunity <laughs> okay, water. Okay, we're going to go to a, a rink, an ice skating rink. No, that's already terrible. <laughs> I want to be outside, you know what I mean? There are okay. outdoor ice skating rinks. Yeah, it, then you swim in them and it's a polar plunge. No, no. That's an ocean, Adam. This not be an ocean. <laughs> it could be a lake. At Millennium Park in Chicago, there's an outdoor skating rink that is not Lake Michigan. Yeah, yeah, I think like like Rockefeller Plaza, right? Isn't it? Yeah. yeah. York. Well, also, I've not never Lake known Michigan. how to. Yeah, I've never known how to pronounce uh, Christendal Market. I've never known how to pronounce that word, but it's yeah, a whole thing. It is a whole thing. It starts soon. You can get a mug. We could talk about that like forever. I'm just saying, let's go. Okay. I'm Are you for real? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Tell me when. I'll need a scroll. <laughs> okay. Okay. I can get I can get you I can get you a scroll. <laughs> yeah. We just need yeah, okay. All right, this is happening. Lady's gonna be so upset that she's not going. You Indeed. didn't invite me yet. I I painted the whole picture. What no, do you mean you we didn't me invite you? I even said close your eyes and everything. I get, there was a scroll. Oh my god! Your scroll was for a polar plunge. It's okay? a whole event. It's a whole situation. Then it's send a, me the invite and let it's me an decide. Experience you. Uh, oh my god! She knows what she's worth. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> i don't even i have no words good let's move on then we'll do this quicker <laughs> we'll try yeah we've been we've been booking it up thus far um so you know who could have used the scroll valencia Ooh. when she heard about this condo thing because hmm. she was not receptive to this idea maybe a scroll would have helped uh, Beth says, you know, we need to apply when we get back to New York. Um, but Valencia just on the spot is like, you know, I'm actually staying here to do a play. Um, it's going to be quite an engagement. And then she storms off. A little much. A little much from Valencia here. Well, uh, maybe, maybe too far. I feel like she went back to old school Valencia in this episode. Yeah, very much so. It was kind of an extreme turnaround for sure. Um, but at least at least we get Valencia in West Covina. Um, I like seeing her. So we have her and Rebecca at the theater. Rebecca's got a friend doing this with her now. Um, Valencia says she doesn't know if she wants to go back to New York. And Rebecca asks if she's having a tantrum. And, you know, that's a fair question because <laughs> she is. Yeah. Signs point to yes. Um, and Rebecca is talking about how, like, now she's in the theater. She's home. You know, this is where I'm meant to be. And Valencia asks, like, is this going to be everything you want it to be? Like, you haven't done it before. <laughs> to which Rebecca says, I have done it before. In camp, in college, and in prison. <laughs> and they all worked out so well for you. <laughs> well, Exactly. But Rebecca is saying those were for fun, but this one is real. I think this is going to make me truly happy. And Valencia says, what if it doesn't? 
And yeah. Rebecca thinks about that for a second, but then she's like, nah. <laughs> so close, Rebecca. So close. Use the tools you've gained from your... <laughs> do a workbook. Rebecca, do a workbook. You Who is Dr. Copian? Is Rebecca going to sessions right now? Like... Mm. I mean, some could say that theater is therapy. They could. Maybe oh, not this one, but not this one. <laughs> in general. Yeah. It's not a bad idea for her to be doing this. I think it's a fun thing. But like we said up front, it's like she's just putting so many she... expectations on this being her true love. And it's just obviously going to disappoint her. Um, but they walk into the theater and Josh is there, of course, you know, working on the sets. Um, he says he loves doing theater tech. So that's why he volunteered separately from Rebecca doing this, of course. Mm-hmm. Of course. <laughs> we all read that through. Yeah. And exactly. if there's one thing we know about Josh is his love of theater tech. Love of theater tech. Well, I, I mean, yeah. I feel like this is what we we've mentioned this so many times before on the podcast, but. Uh, Lindy, I believe, also has a love of theater tech. Yes. Famously, I did not make my eighth grade musical. And so I joined the stage crew and absolutely loved it. Um, so I did that. Also, like my first year of high school, it was so fun. So I loved being being backstage. Did you do it to secretly be around a boy? Like, was that was that part of it? No, I have done things to secretly be around a boy, but that wasn't <laughs> one of them. Okay. I was in uh, musical pits. I was never on stage. I mean, I was on stage because one time they put the pit on stage, but that's a whole other thing. But uh, me and my French horn and my black turtleneck. Yes. In, some, in nice. some pits. Yeah. I did pit in high school. I was also never on stage. I was on stage in one musical. Which one? I, uh, one that almost no one has ever heard of called Bunky Winker Beans Homecoming. You are correct. Nobody knows that one. <laughs> Very much so. <laughs> Based on the long-running comic strip Funky Winker Bean, I played I played less more the nerd. I had the solo. Why can't I be popular? Are you making this up? I am not. This could why be must I be all alone? No girlfriend to write. No girlfriend to phone. Oh why? Oh why can't I be popular? I just like to have some friends. Copyright. Once copyright. before the school year ends oh why oh why can't i be popular everyone seems so excited so happy and carefree so why must i spend homecoming night with dallas on tv i hope that i can get a date once before I graduate, oh, why, oh, why can't I be popular? <laughs> Lindy, that is how it's done. When we say sing on the podcast, that's what we mean. Oh, my goodness. Also, I love that Marissa was like copyright as though the Wicker Bee <laughs> musical is going to come for us. <laughs> like, we're <laughs> Yeah, they're gonna make us take this down. Yeah, we're, we're, we're gonna email us. It's gonna be like, uh, listen, we heard that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you can't just be doing that. Oh my gosh, Todd, uh, what a performance there! Yeah, well Holy done. Holy smokes! So uh, many many years ago, I was with some friends. We did like a whitewater rafting trip, and mm-hmm. like on on the drive up there, a uh, 
I like one of my friends and I are on the, on the back of the van. We're, we're talking about theater stuff, and so hey, I mentioned this, and she asked me to sing the song. And some of the friends like, "Oh, Todd, are you got to serenade Diane about something?" I'm like, no. So then we're like, next day we're on the trip. We get to a point where the the rafts have kind of stopped. This little uh, resting thought. Someone's like, "Hey, Todd, sing the song." Thinking I wouldn't sing the song because they didn't know me that well. So I, in the middle of like like two or three rafts, some that had people from our group, then the other people, I just like belted that out in the middle of this this group of people. And so then it became a thing. Like every time new people would like be around like the friend group, like, hey Todd, sing the song. So I got to the point where I was being called upon to sing the song frequently. So wow, yeah. I didn't even know that song existed before just now. <laughs> Very few people do. <laughs> wow. Thank you for sharing your talents yeah. with us. I don't know where to go from that <laughs> because nothing can top it. But let's talk about the episode. Pot. <laughs> Todd, um, I feel like that's really good momentum into singing the Apple Man at the end of this podcast. Like, I feel like we're building, we're really building ourselves up here. Yeah, there's a chance. Apple Man is also sung by someone who just wants to be popular. So yeah, you know, it, yeah. <laughs> connection. Um, that just made me think. Okay, we'll get to the Apple Man, but like, why isn't George in the musical? Where is George? He's not Who even cares? in this whole he's episode. He's not in this episode. It's like camping. It's extreme camping. He's busy. He's one of my favorite characters, and he's, he's not here. Listen, literally everyone else from the office has just not been there. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, someone, I guess, has to hold it down. That's a good point. Yep. I'm more surprised that Sunil isn't here. I think That's Sunil's, true. Sunil done, I think. Or, like... Paula's husband, who was in the barbershop quartet, that would be a fit singing. Yeah. Being the only connection yeah. there. But, but <laughs> only if it, only if the musical was barbershop musical. I feel like Scott has like a very niche type of singing that he enjoys doing. Yeah. But Sunil is all about the theater stuff. This so. is true. True. But yeah, I don't know if we see Sunil Sunil's again. I, oh, I, I don't well, mid pop <laughs> Sunil was in Mythic Quest season two. He so was. Go check out that podcast with myself and Jessica Sterling on Bojo Recap. Boom. I love these mid pop blogs. That's great. 100% check out that podcast because adam mentions me which i was honored yeah and then he mentions both of us as being fincy fincertons and that's also oh, i haven't that i haven't finished the- it yet <laughs> oh spoilers, spoilers for that yeah yeah we also, get called out at other the people end. that listen so. to other my podcasts just don't tell lindy how often i do mention her on the other podcast because she'll never know wait so. what do you say about me on nothing, the other one nothing nothing oh, no someone it's- please let me know <laughs> Yeah, I do tend to hold a lot of my opinions back on this podcast. So you you probably have a little idea what I think so and how I feel. So guarded. Yeah, I really try and be like, you know, as close of a book as I can. I'm truly scared about what you might say on other podcasts. Yeah, but... me too. All right. Um, okay, so we just talked about a bunch of people who aren't in this episode. But you know who is in this episode? It's Tim. He has shown up here. Uh, he says, greetings, fair maidens. He's so confident. He apparently always gets the best parts at this theater. Um, I guess there's, yeah, these people who we talked about who are musical people. I guess they just never try to be part of this. So Tim is always the lead. I mean, it makes sense. He would do this. Like, I was just was like, yeah, of course, Tim would be the community theater person. Yeah, and then we also get uh, the arrival of the director, Connie. Have any initial thoughts about Connie here? 
Sherry O'Terry. Yeah, know? I think we said this at the start. It was like when, when she walks in, I was like, is that? <laughs> what is she doing here? Yeah. <laughs> it's Sherry O'Terry doing a very Sherry O'Terry role, is what it is. It's like with her quintessential scarf. Sherry O'Terry mm-hmm. role here. And her mug. It took me back. I don't know where you guys know her like best from, but for me, it's always like SNL sketches oh, that yeah. I like go yeah. back and watch. And so, like all of the stuff with the scarf felt very SNL of just like this is like a bit, like a you know a sketch and like that. So uh, I I did really enjoy. I yeah, I really enjoyed her, and I I really enjoyed all the stuff with the director, even though it's like very problematic as we'll see going forward. But like she plays the part really really well, and makes me it, like it, she's she's very funny in that role, and so I really did appreciate that. I'm going to be 100% honest here. Yep. Yeah, yeah, I have no idea who this woman is. Yeah. <laughs> I've never heard of her in my life. Uh, when well, you said Sherry whole... O'Terry, I was like, oh. There's a whole world for you to explore. What? Which of... world is that? The world of cheerleaders. Adult yes. cheerleaders. <laughs> it's, and... it's the world of Saturday Night Live from 1995 to 2000. Yeah, that's the like... world, basically. But yeah. I'm simply not going to visit there. <laughs> they're just sketches you could just like watch like clips of like you know under 10 minute sketches usually under five sometimes three. sometimes even shorter uh, you can't spend three minutes okay there's no shot we're getting her to come to to <laughs> anything if she can't even spend three minutes watching the sketch oh but what if we watch on the way to the polar brunch watch sherry o'terry yes in the public transportation that we will take to the yeah, event i like it did you think that made it more enticing? Because yes. that made it. It, <laughs> it, it made it more enticing for me. I'm now even more on board. <laughs> I'm less on board. Not do you. Oh my god, Lindy, are you like? Do you ever watch SNL? That's like TV. That you're like TV, Lindy. That is like quintessential quintessential TV. I'll be honest with you. I never watch SNL. Like never have ever. I've like, literally watched it one time in my life. Or like not even like people are talking about it. So I'm going to go look up the clip and find out what they're talking about. Mm-hmm. I've seen some clips, but I've never like went after them myself. It's, people have sent me some. So I'll watch it if someone sends me something. But that's so, it. So like the importance of Sherry O'Terry is like without Sherry O'Terry, there would be like none. Like she just like path, has a path of people behind her that we can thank for being there so i think like, it's worth at least a youtube look up i'll send you a sketch She's very funny okay I mean, send, me the, like send me a good one yeah i'll watch it yeah i'll watch it if you send it to me in a <laughs> scroll or in an email yeah <laughs> you can you can message me I'll... oh wow okay okay good because that's gonna be like a http yeah. <laughs> the calligraphy on that depending on the uh, you have to do like a bitly to make sure it's like a really small yeah a, uh, url otherwise it could be like really no like one. Adam and Todd have to talk to me via scroll, but like Marissa, you can just, you can just text me, whatever. Thanks. Thanks. You get it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So Sherry O'Terry, aka Connie, is the director, and she wants everyone to sing the same song for their audition, which is called Let Me Be in Your Show. <laughs> okay. Like for a moment, just a minute. Is this supposed to be Cole Porter? Like for the musical people? Like, what were we trying to was there a direct connection? Because this is like El- Encore Elliot or something, right? Yeah, I, I think Ellison? it's just like, yeah, I think it's a mishmash of several different, because I don't think any one of them really, like, let me be in the show doesn't really fit the same style as Ed Amaze Lament as the TikTok clock. I think it's like a mishmash of all those classic okay. 
musicals of the time. I don't think there's like, I was one trying one too hard. I was trying too hard to be yeah, like, I, what I, I was are they the... saying about this particular? Yeah, because I was in the same boat and it started because the show has done them before, like, you know, go all in on a certain style and things like that. So it makes sense to have it all be like the same composers, like all Rogers Hammerstein, all Cole Porter, all whoever. Uh, but, uh, it really feels like each song is its own unique thing that doesn't necessarily connect stylistically to the others okay let me be in your show reminded me of another opener in another show that i played in marching band that's all i have to say about the show <laughs> about the song yeah it is very let's put on a show style judy garland andy rooney style uh you know thing so yeah i was also in marching band right so we like have the same high school experience here we love to see it yes. this is what yeah it's good times. i also was in marching band <gasps> hello <laughs> I was an orchestra. I mean, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's tough. <laughs> I had fun, okay? That's good. That's um, all that counts. That's all that matters. Yeah. So we see Valencia. What? I don't know that it's all that matters. <laughs> no, it right. matters. It does matter. No. I don't know. I, I don't know if it's all, though. Fun <laughs> is all that matters. Mm. Anyway. Okay. Um, Valencia, Tim, and Rebecca all audition with this song. Rebecca is so excited. She's so into this. And Connie's feedback is singing, zero. Commitment, a million. Yeah, I feel that's how my audition critique might go. So I uh, love it. I, uh, I do do love like it's like the the little montage of everyone singing the same song. It's usually the sort of thing I love. Like Pitch Perfect is like one of the best moments in Pitch Perfect is them all singing the same song and kind of between the different people singing the same song and their different styles and you know, quality levels and everything like that. So I like the idea of this maybe more than the actual song itself. Cause the song itself is just pretty bland. Yep. It's like, there's really not a whole lot to it other than just let me be in your show. There's nothing really clever or witty about it. It's just That's kind sort of, of my problem with all of the songs here in the theater. They just sort of feel like they're here. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like there's a lot of talent available that we use very often in this show. There's a lot of musical talent and vocal talent that we use. And then, like, we're getting, like, four songs here that are, like, in, I know it's not, in, I know, I, like, I understand the concept. I'm not trying to say that, like, this needed to be good to fit the show. I'm just saying, like, it's, it's a little unfortunate. It feels like a swing and a miss to me to have all of this capability and come up with this, even if it is for a narrative reason. Like, I, I like the narrative reason. I just would like, you know, I want better music all the time. <laughs> like, that is, that's always, like, where I would like to be. And, like, we're not even going to rate these songs. Like, that's what, you know, I, I don't know. It's just felt like a swing and a miss. I mean, they're songs. Yeah, yeah they are. <laughs> <laughs> no one can argue that. That's what I got. Uh, through, the, like, and especially um, Rebecca's portion of let me be in your show i just was like it's hard to sing bad if you can sing well and so mm. i just was like way to go like i was cheering them on for being so bad in, in the audition yeah we don't have to talk about all of the songs in detail but you know we'll we'll call them out by name at least um but yeah they're <laughs> they're not your typical crazy ex-girlfriend songs um so after the auditions, we see Connie is about to announce the role of the prince. It's obviously about to be Tim, but that's when Nathaniel walks in the room delivering some papers to Rebecca. And Connie immediately is like, please audition. 
And he says no, like he's just here for the papers. Although in high school, in the off season from his sports, he did do a couple musicals. And I love how much Connie immediately loves Nathaniel. She's like, please sing, sing anything. It felt very much like the Dean and Jeff on community. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, the reactions of Jeff remind me like the Dean, like freaking out, never got to touch Jeff. You know, it's that sort of thing. Yeah. And I love that Nathaniel like sang the alphabet. And it was like <laughs> just total, like, what? It was just like, white man gets rolled. Like, I just was like, <laughs> this is how it works. Well, to be fair, the role was going to a different white man. Agreed. Agreed. <laughs> yeah. But so, um, you know, handsome white man gets rolled over. <laughs> well, you know what? Fit hot guys have problems too. As <laughs> they do. Um, but yeah, Connie says, it is done. You are our prince. Um, and Tim is obviously upset by this. Um, and Nathaniel seems a little hesitant, but Connie says, you'll have to spend every waking hour with these people here. And Nathaniel is like, oh, well, if someone else is the driving force here, sure. <laughs> I, I do like that. That they like, oh, well, I'm not the one doing this. You know, it's not it's not my fault. I didn't seek this out like Joshua Chan did. So sure, let's do this. I also like that he's like, I guess I played Jesus a couple of times, if that's possible. <laughs> it's just like, everybody's like, you're in God's Bill and Jesus Christ Superstar? <laughs> that's, not, that's funny that Nathaniel wound up getting to play Jesus in a couple of musicals and couldn't even remember that there were like two different shows about that. I think that one thing that's standing out to me as we're discussing this is like, I think each one of the guys is doing, and I mean, it's pretty obvious now that I'm going to say it, but like doing to Rebecca what Rebecca has done to them. Like, um, Rebecca has just joined something. Like she moved to West Covina for Josh. So Josh is going to just join theater tech to, you know, it's kind of just like a little reference to the relationships there because they think um, with Nathaniel recognizing, well, if it's someone else saying, I think there were also times uh, Rebecca did that in her relationship with Nathaniel. It's like very very small point that I'm trying to make, but I don't know. Uh, just the thing to think about. Yeah, no, I hadn't really thought of it that way, but I think that's a, that's a really good point that they are kind of like mirroring her, her behavior towards them. Yeah. And then backstage, Connie posts the rest of the parts in the show and uh, Tim is, <laughs> gets an unnecessary cuttable character song. <laughs> Uh, which is a bit reflective of Tim's role in the show. <laughs> so that was funny. Um, Valencia gets a song about the bride of a pirate. So she is really excited to be a bride. Yeah, she loves it a little too much, I think. <laughs> oh, for sure. Um, and Rebecca gets Etta Mae's Lamont, and she is honored. This is a about a sad saloon girl in the old west who just wants to find love and she tells nathaniel this is a classic is it though <laughs> <laughs> yeah and he even kind of pushes back and like really because that sounds a little dated she's like oh yeah well, i know but uh, it's it's still a classic Before this she gets happens a though, like it. all the time right like you listen to an old classic like there's a I love Paul Simon, and there's the song where he's 
talks about like a roly-poly little bat-faced girl in Graceland. And I'm like, what are you saying? Why are you saying like every single time I'm like, and not that, and not that Paul, not anymore. And I think that that happens a lot, especially in, in musical theater. Cause we'll like, we'll hold this up as like this old classic, this thing. And especially in theater, there's pieces, whether they be musical or monologues that are like, if you can do them, you're the top of your craft. You're, you're something like that. And this song, you know, that's Rebecca's first reaction. It's like, oh my gosh, I've been honored with the song. This is so great. It's going to prove how wonderful I am. And then she's realizing, like, what the heck am I actually saying here? It's not great. Yeah. And I don't know that there's like a one-to-one comparison I can make with like a classical musical yeah. song here. I was like, I admittedly, I wasn't thinking about it too hard, but like I was trying to come up with something off the top of my head. And I know one of like the closest things I could get to is like if we compared some of this stuff with Greece. Like I know that like the, you know there's a lot of stuff that like people were like refer to some of these projects as like being really really good. And I you know I'll be the first one to tell you like Greece is very catchy. Like a lot of the songs in there are very like fun to jam to and like you know dance to and whatever. There's also a lot of problematic stuff, and so uh, I feel like like a lot of that is really emblematic of the musical theater world. And so um, that being said, almost all of the songs that we're going to talk about for the rest of the episode are very problematic. With uh, you know maybe the exception of the Apple song, which might have low key been the best song performed on that <laughs> stage, uh, which is a terrifying thought. <laughs> um, but they were just like hard to. I don't know. It wasn't that it was like hard to watch. It was just like why is this here <laughs> like why do, why do we do it so many times that's it for right? me why like, so many we, yeah we do it once and then we do it again we talk about changing it but then we do it again and then we then we do it again and it's like okay maybe maybe like we do it one time and then we talk about changing it and like have something to say about the musical theater world and like make those changes and then it becomes maybe interesting that was it. It just like wasn't really what we saw, and so I, like this part of it dragged for me a little bit when we were going through the performances. Yeah. So once Rebecca starts studying the lyrics of this song, she realizes like, whoa, this is way more retro than I remember. Um, and then we hear her sing the song. Um, we do not have to go through every line, <laughs> but the message is problematic. Um, you know, includes lines such as I'm nothing without a husband. Um, and the whole time she's performing, she's very reluctant about these lyrics, but she does keep going and Connie is loving her performance. Yeah, like if if we were writing this song, it'd be hard for me to write uh, because it is intentionally problematic. So in a lot of ways, it's really good at fulfilling its intended role. Uh, and I think, I mean, Taking that out, I think there are some like kind of clever lyrics. They're horribly problematic, but they're like, you know, it's cleverly constructed. I think it's one that you can see why at a time where these things were not considered a problem, why it was considered a classic. I think it does a good job of showing that sort of thing because there are some, you know, things that could have been considered really funny if you weren't like cringing at, oh, I can't believe someone actually said that. So it's kind of like it's in this weird space of I can see why this song would have been considered, you know, you know, a classic at some point in time before people start pushing back on the message of it all. Uh, so it's kind of this weird, this weird space. Well, and that's what made me think about these songs in terms of old patterns, old thoughts, things like that, that either the characters go through or, or we go through as humans, because sometimes we can get such into the habit of thinking the same thought over and over and over again, and not necessarily realizing how problematic it actually can be. And um, 
So them being so blatant with that through the songs and musical theater, I think like this is the credit I'm giving the show that they were trying to show us like, yes, this is this is uncomfortable. This is dragging on because that is part of the process. That's where Rebecca is in her growth journey. Like she's in the I'm doing something old, even though it's not really who I am. How do I mold it and mesh it with the new me stage? That could be reading too deep into it, but I podcast about TV, so (laughs) (laughs) that's what you get. Yeah, so Rebecca, after she sings, is telling Josh, like, that stunk. And what she means is that the song is problematic. But Josh says... I know you're not the world's most flawless singer. I can hook you up with lessons from Aunt Myrna. Um, excuse you, Josh. How dare you? That was so rude. I love Lindy being mad at Josh. This is, I mean, <laughs> oh my gosh. We love to see it. Welcome to the club, Lindy. Josh okay. sucks. Okay. I- <laughs> I've said that before, but look, that was... <laughs> That was rude of Josh to just assume that Rebecca was talking about her singing ability and to call it out too. So rude. Anyway. Um, it was. Yeah. I'm sorry. I was just really <laughs> mad about that. Your feelings are valid. The, the, <laughs> however. However. Yeah, I didn't I however it. I didn't however no, no, it. No, 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 we did. We did. It, yeah, though. we did. Don't even worry. Yeah, um, Lenny, I think your problem here is that this line probably caught you by surprise. I was not even really surprised at this line from Josh because I don't I doubt he even understood the song. Oh my uh, and right. so <laughs> All know. right. Moving on. Um <laughs> I was actually Rebecca- surprised that Josh knew what good singing was, but that's <laughs> neither here nor there. Well, sorry, um- I just was surprised. Yeah. <laughs> no, oh, it's fine. Your feelings are valid. <laughs> however, however, Rebecca is wondering what if these classic musical theater songs that I love for years and base my life on are bad? I think, you know, that's her problem here. Like, she thought that she would love this she thought she would feel at home here in the theater but now she's looking back and thinking like oh maybe i was wrong um that's a scary feeling to feel like the foundation of something you know you're trying to start over and then you're like wait this isn't what i thought it was yes it is scary as someone who's going through this like who am i stage in my own life now this is marissa's therapy hour i would say um you know, we're given all of these different ideas of what to do and who to be by society, by TV, by movies, by everything. And I think um, for Rebecca, hers was always the theater. But I have to think she wasn't like listening to these songs that much. <laughs> like, I, I would like to know what other, you know, musicals were in her rotation or anything like that. Because I... I don't think these were ones she was listening to all the time. So when it comes to like um, her not feeling at home here, I don't know if, I don't know where that's coming from. I get that's what the show is trying to tell me, but I don't know if it's the songs. That's why I keep like thinking of the songs as like thoughts and patterns and stuff like that. 
Yeah, I do agree. And I will, I will, you know, we've seen Rebecca be pretty uh, progressive in the series in terms of like her beliefs before. And so I actually do think it would surprise me a little bit if she had not been like analyzing some of these words uh, fairly seriously. Not that like even, uh, you know, uh, we don't talk politics a lot on this podcast, but like even those of us who are like, you know, pretty leftist, there are some things that like you look, wake up one day and you realize like, oh, wait a minute (laughs) and so like there is some of that like certainly that is relevant um the other thing i will say and i think like this is maybe where the intrigue is but it's more as a whole and not like not micro at all this idea of like uh you know not only finding out who you are but like figuring out what makes you happy and what your passions are is really important and it's the journey that we've seen rebecca go on we saw it like with the pretzels we've seen it all throughout the time i mean we've seen going to musical theater i think this message of just like you can figure out something that is your passion and something that makes you happy but also that thing might not make you happy right away and it might not make you happy all the time and so I think like that is like a really interesting message that the show was trying to send. It's like, maybe this is her purpose. Maybe this is what she's meant to do, but it doesn't mean that this, what we're seeing fits that category. You know what I mean? Like the musical theater can be her passion and can bring her joy, but this particular element of musical theater, maybe not so much. And I think like, I don't know how much the show is emphasizing this kind of message, but I do feel like that is the kind of thing that's very interesting. Um, and at least something that I've learned <laughs> in my life. Well, I think it shows up later in the in the scene because she says someone's singing my song, and what? So it wasn't like being in theater. It wasn't being the center of attention. It wasn't being on stage. It wasn't anything like that. It was being. It was adjacent to that. And sometimes you have to be involved in something to be pulled to something adjacent to find what you actually like and what you actually love. Yeah, so when Rebecca's at home, she's like reading over the lyrics and definitely questioning them. So she kind of hesitantly crosses something out and then does another thing. Um, And then, you know, she shows up to the theater and tells people she's changed some of the lyrics. It's much better now. Um, But Connie absolutely hates it. (laughs) She says, who the hell do you think you are? Elliot Ellison, redefine musical theater. You're going to redefine a redefinement? That's classic Sherry O'Terry. Yeah, it's, a, it's, a, it's a great line. Such a great line. And great delivery. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. But let's be honest. It takes a lot of audacity to come into a review of a famous composer's work and try to improve it. Which, oh, yeah. I mean, Rebecca is not short on audacity. We know that much. But just like the a, uh, the confidence in which she goes in here, it's like, oh, she's going to love it. She's going to love the fact that I've taken this thing that, you know, she loves and have changed it to more fit my view of the world. It's just going to be great. Rebecca again, just like completely oblivious to how the real world works sometimes. I think like in my audience participation of community theater, I have, well, I was in one community theater musical, but I think there's like two extremes in community theater. There's the purists, and then there's the revisionists and you they cannot exist in the same production <laughs> like you're either on one side of the fence or the other yep and i think it's pretty obvious that connie is the purist i think that's been <laughs> clear from the beginning yes she says you will perform it as written or be banished from the company banished not banished yeah banished uh, we do have some, like some musical theater uh, nerds on the podcast uh, today, purist or revisionist. I'm interested where you fall on that spectrum of what you would want to see in a in a production. 
Lindy, we can start with you as the biggest musical theater. <laughs> I don't count. I'm not in this group. I mm-hmm. I'm always up for someone taking something and trying something new with it. I saw like a really minimalist version of Into the Woods several years ago, which was just amazing. It's like one of those productions where people like the actors also the ones playing the instruments. So they're all on stage all the time. And it was like a much smaller company and they each played multiple roles. And, uh, and sometimes they were actually playing scenes against themselves and just like swapping out like pieces of costume, like as they're talking, you know, it's like really interesting, really well done. It's one of my favorite plays. And I love the fact that they did something different with it. Then I saw the recent version of Oklahoma, modernized version of Oklahoma, and they took some big swings and they pretty much struck out from my, my view of things. So I think there's definitely value to the revisionist thing. I think there's definitely value at taking something that's tried and true and seeing if you can tweak it for modern times or do something different with it so you're not just watching the same thing over and over again. But it doesn't always work. But that's kind of the the risk you take whenever you try to you know do art. So I'm always up for people trying to do something new with things. Yeah. I would say, uh, as I do say on another podcast called Mediapedia Mid Pod Plug, uh, it depends. Uh, it depends <laughs> on whether, you know, on what it is. Like, I think there are some musicals like Oklahoma, things like that, that it's like Shakespeare. Sometimes you just need a sh- you need Shakespeare or you get like the Boz Lerman Shakespeare. You know, it depends on who your audience is, what the point you're trying to make. And sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. I do always applaud like reworking something in it's like Romeo and Juliet is also a side story, right? Like it's the same thing in a different way. As long as I know what it is, I enjoy it. If I don't know what it is, it's, it's really hard to enjoy it. And sometimes when you get it, um, into that revisionist space you can get away from the core of what it is and then i get lost yeah things can definitely go too far uh comparing oklahoma to shakespeare that is the first time i've ever seen that done uh definitely never you're an hour or two on the pot i've definitely never had that happen before i I feel like me and the people who i heard complaining about the oklahoma revision were a uh, like how dare they touch the sacred text which is not not whatsoever let me be clear i feel like that text text needs some some tinkering um Oh, no, great. but I, I I definitely agree with what both of you were saying here. I saw, uh, actually last week, I saw Frozen when it came to St. Louis. Ooh. It was spectacular. And it was very, like, it was very, uh, there was no revisionist, no revision happening whatsoever. It was very purist. Um, but it was, like, just insanely good. Uh, of course, this is my mid-pod plug to go um, see local theater. I will always and forever recommend that. Uh, there is a show coming near you, Lindy. Uh, and I'm just saying, you know, you could go Ooh, see it. What um, show is it? You I don't know. Go with the scroll. Uh, yeah. <laughs> see, you need to like invite me to the theater show. with the scroll. Oh my god, maybe we uh, go see a show in Chicago too. Let's go see uh, a show. The, yeah, I would actually. We're love planning to. quite the field trip. Um, yeah, this is actually going to be the most fun I've like had all year. Um, <laughs> but the other end of the coin, and I think I have mentioned this on the podcast. Uh, I did uh, see a fairly large production of Jesus Christ Superstar where he got, um, (laughs) instead of 40 slashes, it was uh, electrocuted with a car battery 40 times. Um, It was a very modern take and it was just terrible. (laughs) So, uh, you know, it can go too far and I do like the essence of what it is, but, um, you know. Uh, so, uh, yeah, that's your little uh, revision versus uh, purist uh, musical theater content there for you a little bit. Linda, you should go see a show. If I bought you tickets to a show, would you go? 
Depends when and where, Adam. Those are very <laughs> She's important. Very to big me at, on you. Yeah. at the theater when you're free. What do you, I at mean? All what, time. Yeah. Which theater? I, I can't. I don't know. Oh my god. I don't know your local theater. You should know your local theater. If it's local, then yeah, I'll go. There's Beauty and the Beast playing by me soon. There you go. That's all I'm saying. There's a lot of theater, Lenny. You okay? We are bullying her into seeing <laughs> local theater. Hey, everyone was bullied into local theater one way or another. One way or another. It just depends on the tradition. How you look continues. At it. Yeah. <laughs> now right. you're into theater, Lindy. That's yeah. <laughs> I never said I wasn't. Like I, I never said I didn't support theater no i didn't think that you don't but now you have been initiated into the club because we have bullied you because <laughs> you gave us a soft minute yeah <laughs> sorry adam i just need to know when and where you can't just ask me to commit <laughs> oh to something. my god all right do you want me to buy tickets right now like what do you mean what do no. you how do i how am i supposed to I'm know i'm saying it depends i will <laughs> go but it depends when okay but i'll go uh how what dare is... you have reasonable demands, Lindy? Thank just... you, Todd. Thank you. Know, you. Are you how close? How close are you to the? I'm no... not mentioning that on the podcast. Thanks. <laughs> Good call. So, okay, so you don't want to know when and where? Oh my god! Not on the uh... air. <laughs> she prefers a scroll with that information. <laughs> uh, okay. All right. Whatever. I oh, you could see on. Jesus Christ Superstar March 10th through the 12th. I am moving on. <laughs> I'm going to the with song you. TikTok Clock because that is what we need to be doing here. TikToking <laughs> the clock of this podcast forward uh-huh. to get to the end. Okay. Yeah. We're almost there. I'm ready, Lenny. Go ahead. TikTok Clock. That's it. It's okay. a weird, a weird it's a, little yeah. interlude. Yeah. I don't yeah. know. It's, it's pointless. It's awful. It's, yeah. it's bland. It's like montage. Okay. We get it. Next. Moving Next. on. Thank you. All right. So then it's opening night. And um, this is, I want to see what everyone thinks. Okay. So Josh um, talks to Rebecca and asks if she has a minute to sign an old playbill. And it turns out it's their program from camp. He bought it off of eBay. And Rebecca had obviously been nervous about singing this song. um, But she is really excited about this playbill. And she says, it's so sweet. Thank you. You are always there when I need someone. Um, Nathaniel's in the background looking a little sad about this. But... I thought in general, it was really sweet that Josh got this old playbill. This is totally something stalker Rebecca would do to Josh. Like, (laughs) this is totally like, look, I kept this thing from 800 years ago. I mean, I bought it for $800 on eBay and I had it overnighted and it's here like right now. So the more and more I think about it, I think Rebecca is being served with her own medicine a lot in, in this episode. See, but I was overall, the, I the was, sentiment was cute. I was on the sweet board. I was on the side. It was sweet move before, but I think Marissa's like starting to like sway me over to stalker, stalker them. I uh, no, I, I did like whenever I first saw this, I did think it was like it was like uh, a really sweet gesture because uh, it was Josh trying to be. I mean, we have seen for all of Josh's faults, and there are many, many, many. He can be a really sweet guy uh, at times, and so he's trying to do something to cheer her up and to make her feel better, and he knows how much that that production meant to her and there would be a connection there. So yeah, I think it was like a really sweet move, uh, even if it was borderline stalkerish. Um, 
I don't know how much of the borderline. Uh, <laughs> my question, though, is what costs more, getting this via eBay or one month of rent that Josh is paying? Oh, this. 100% this. Ooh. Yeah. Because his rent is next to nothing. So The market for this is way smaller than... It's. I mean, yeah. the, I mean, shipping so, was probably more than the rent that he pays Rebecca. So, yeah, I I don't know that I was on board the Q train quite as much as y'all, but uh, you know, I th- I would say I was more upset that Nathaniel was sad in the background than I was at Josh <laughs> for doing this. But it's just because I've like stopped caring about Josh. Like truly, it's like this is this is just why 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 am I watching this? You know what I mean? <laughs> So I'm I'm more focused on Nathaniel because uh, well probably because Lindy is more team Nathaniel than team Josh these days. That is probably the reason. What are you talking about these days? When have I ever been on team Josh as opposed really, to team Nathaniel? Yeah. Well, oh, yeah. before Nathaniel was here. I was I before Nathaniel I was on team Greg. Wow, do you agree on something? No. Oh. <laughs> checking. <just> checking. <laughs> Adam, I don't know what you're talking about. I've never rooted for Rebecca to be with Josh. Okay. I'm not going to go back and find the clip. There, I'm just not going to do that kind of work. But Well, that'd be pointless because there's no clip of me saying, oh, I want Rebecca and Josh to be together. There is well, now. you just said it. Yeah. yeah. There is now. <laughs> no. <I did> <laughs> you fell to his finished trap. Yeah, that was almost too easy. <laughs> I am going to quit the podcast, okay? <laughs> no, you can't. Not on my podcast on someone else's podcast. Yeah. yeah. Quit next week when you have Tommy on. You can quit then. <laughs> Give Tommy a complex, not Marissa. You know your worth. You got this. <laughs> <sighs> All right. Well, <laughs> you know what I better do? I better shimmy, shake, and smile, just like Connie says to do. Whoa. <laughs> when it's showtime. <laughs> That is a bit much, wasn't that much? A bit yeah. Much? I no, I thought it was funny. I like that. I, I like... <laughs> oh no! <laughs> it could be two things. <laughs> I'm not gonna remember this, but next episode I need to remind uh, Lindy to shimmy, shake, and smile before we start the podcast. Like that should be that <laughs> no, should be the that opening. Would be, that would be inappropriate. <laughs> inappropriate are you saying you don't like this (laughs) I thought you said you liked it you thought I like it it would be weird if you said it to me Uh, okay (laughs) I I, I, okay I'll say it to Todd then that's fine okay I don't know what's happening. I don't even know what's going on. <laughs> way it. too far into this. Okay. Okay. Moving on. So yeah, the please. show starts. Mm-hmm. Um, it's Valencia's song. Mm-hmm. I'm the bride of the pirate king. Mm-hmm. And you know what? Again, don't need to go into every line, but it's very problematic. Yeah. Very, very problematic. The best part of this is seeing Beth and Paula's faces in the audience listening to this. My favorite bit is Beth laying over to whoever's sitting next to her and going, the pirate sounds like a dick. <laughs> <laughs> It's very like uh, Gilbert and Sullivan of it all. Yeah, yeah, no. And again, I think it's one of those like like the other anime's lament. I think it's awful, but it's good at being an awful idea. I think it does a really good job of being something that you could see, you know, why people would find it funny. But yeah, it's a uh, 
it's a bit much but yeah just beth's reaction is the best part of, of the song for sure yeah and as we said valencia is so excited about this um and then backstage after the song Beth comes to visit her there, says she did great. Um, but Valencia has been, you know, angry from the start here. She's, you know, they talked about the Pirate King, but then she's like, well, would you marry me? You don't understand anything. You don't even understand. You're not supposed to come back here during the show. <laughs> she's just so mad. And Beth says, you're mad at me. I can tell from the yelling and overt anger. <laughs> Possibly my favorite line of the episode. I just, and I might say her, her delivery of it as well. It's just, it's so good. Yeah, it seems like this that made me love Beth. And then Valencia's like, you're a genius. And she storms off. <laughs> like, well, That's the second time she's stormed away from Beth in this episode. The drama is high on the Valencia uh, factor this episode. Yep. Uh, yeah, we'll see them uh, in another scene. But then we get the Apple Man song. It's really funny. Before it starts, April says, this next song is a total bummer. It's one of those ones that just lifts right out. It's true. It's, this is probably the best song of all the songs, though, <laughs> that are being performed, right? I, and see, I'm not even like an Apple guy. But like... It's fall, Adam. No, Marissa... Whenever I hear someone crunch into an apple, I get the shivers. Like the I, it makes me so uncomfortable. I'm sorry. When people what? like that crunch, like oh, oh. I yeah. get it. I get it. It gets me going. Like that's it's really bad. I I don't I can't even address <laughs> that right now. I yeah I I don't know if I can get on board. The the Apple Man song is the best song of of them all. Um, it's the least it's, it's the least it's least problematic without being completely boring. I'll I'll agree I'll agree with that. Uh, it, well, that's the thing. Uh, it wins by default. Like otherwise, you'd have to pick one of the two really problematic songs. Or the TikTok clock song, what even was that? Or Nathaniel's version of Rebecca's song, which is, like Todd probably said, like, boring, right? Yeah. 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 So, yeah. Again, it's like a very low bar to clear to be the best song of this this group. But This does make me think that they, again, had, like, some sort of writer's room like deck of cards or something where they were like, what songs are we going to write? Pick a fruit, apple, apple man. Got it. Done. Yeah. One of the verses has to be listing all the apples. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yes, good job to Tim. He, you know, uh, uses his opportunity, you know, the best he can. <laughs> with he's his not mind. a bad singer. Yeah. No, he's not. Well, he's usually the lead. <laughs> yeah. Um, so then backstage, we have uh, Nathaniel talking to Rebecca. She's saying, like, I can't sing the song. I hate it. But loving these songs is part of who I am. And I like the changes I made. And so Nathaniel asks, like, okay, well, why not sing that version? Rebecca says, I can't. You heard Connie. And I can't even believe I did that. I'm not a writer performer. I'm not like Baron Holtz. <laughs> <laughs> Nathaniel's face is like, what? <laughs> <laughs> um. And Nathaniel says, you know, the audience should hear those words, and they will. And so he walks out on stage, and instead of singing his Prince song, uh, he sings a different one with a few small changes made by a brilliant friend of mine. And so he starts singing Rebecca's version of Adam A's song. Like and Taylor, Taylor's version. Rebecca's mm. <laughs> Taylor's version, yeah. I tell you, it's happening. This podcast writes itself. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
But of course, Connie is very angry to start hearing this. Um, but Rebecca is so happy watching this from off stage. That's when she says, like Marissa said, someone else is singing my song. And of course, that is the title of one of the early season four songs. Um, so it ties back into that. And unfortunately, though, Connie is not on board with this and she closes the curtain and fires both of them. As one does. That's how theater is. Yeah. Very in the moment. Close the curtain mid-song. We do all this preparation and we'll throw it away in a minute. Yes. (laughs) To be fair, they're the ones throwing away all the preparation. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah, no, I know. It's like very dramatic. My my problem with the few changes we hear for Rebecca's song is they're not funny. Like, if she wants to improve it and make it less problematic, that's great. But she removed a gag to replace it with just a feel-good message in the song and the song's supposed to be a comedy song and it's just like a weird direction to go and it just i feel like again there's a way they could have done it they're talented enough to have like replaced to replace a bad gag with a good gag you know it's just it's just a weird weird thing to show how talented rebecca is never it doesn't really show much talent but rebecca isn't talented like Rebecca, right now, Rebecca is not talented. Yeah, she's never done this before. Like, I think that I can get confused with that. It's like Rachel Bloom is talented. Very much so. But Rebecca, at this point, this is her first like serious theater thing, right? Like, so she didn't sing well. Her lyrics are not going to be great because she just doesn't know what she's doing yet but what she walks away from is like it's more important for her to be the creator of the song than it is to be the performer of the song and so i think that's the the most could the show have done more with the other songs yes but i think uh Edame's lament is uh, like showing us exactly where she is at this moment and it's weird it's weird but yeah. i think it's just a reflection of where she is and as the season goes on, you'll see where she goes. Yeah, I think I just want more out of all of this. Oh, I think yeah. this, this was where, where it's like it's just like it's all just feels like what are we doing here yep. uh, with with all all the song stuff? And so for everyone to be, I think I think the thing is like oh my, tell, oh your your new lyrics are so great and everything, and they're eh, uh, which again you know it's like the guy who likes her, of course he's gonna think it's great, but I don't know. I just I just wanted something a little bit more here. Um, so, yeah, agreed. So Nathan or Re- Rebecca apologizes to Nathaniel for getting him fired, but he says like it's okay. Actually, I only did this to hang out with you. <laughs> um, and she's actually surprised to hear that. Um, but she says, you know, what you did meant a lot to me. It was thrilling to hear my words out loud, even if it was a dumb idea. And Nathaniel says, I didn't think it was dumb. And they're kind of both like moving in closer to each other, maybe about to kiss, but they both like pull away you know um thank goodness but of course (laughs) josh sees this from afar and he looks upset yeah i mean he's gotta do the glary eyes he's gotta do his josh chan upset face (laughs) which is the same as his josh chan that's just his face yeah that's uh (laughs) that's um so we have a couple more scenes. So we see Valencia and Beth at the wine bar. Valencia tells Beth, like, I want to get married. Everyone I grew up with is married. I've planned a billion weddings for people who love each other a lot less than you and I do and aren't as attractive as we are. 
I want this. I want you to propose. And if you don't, then I'm not going back to New York with you. And this is a cliffhanger ending. <laughs> we don't see what happens. Yeah, it's wild. It is wild that she is giving this ultimatum at this point in time in their relationship. It is like mind boggling. Yeah. Can I just the part of this that I feel like is just so ridiculous. Just propose. Why? Like, oh, why? Valencia, like, yeah. Valencia why are you like sitting here brooding and being very passive aggressive in all of your actions and then putting together an ultimatum? If you want to get married before you go back to New York, just propose. Why does Beth have to be the one that proposes? It's Josh Chan trauma. I I, think that's that's like she has like waited for so long for someone to propose to her that a dramatic. Oh yeah, oh yeah. I mean, I'm not not saying it's it's right, (laughs) but I think I think that's why. Also, the fact this is as far as we know, you know, this is her first no, a no non-hetero relationship uh, and so she is probably still in that mindset like all of her life she's wanted someone to propose to her that's the thing that she has wanted so the thought that she could be the one to propose just hasn't really occurred to her because she won that for so long with josh and so that part of it a uh is more understand it's understandable to me but like expecting it right now and giving them the ultimatum right now is so over the top that it bothers me like i can understand her want like her urgency here from just living as a woman in america you gotta get married you gotta have kids you gotta do all this stuff um and when your friends all around you are doing that there is a lot of pressure to join that club right what i don't i mean I guess this speaks to Valencia's growth. They could have just had a conversation, even if it wasn't a proposal. Like we both see this going in the same direction, right? Like it doesn't have to be a proposal at this point. It's like, you want to move to Jersey city with me because you want to marry me. Right? Like, like this is, we both want this in the, the same thing, like a little check-in thing. It didn't have to be a dramatic uh, ultimatum. I I don't recommend joining a uh, contract of any kind with <laughs> with an ultimatum. You know, like I I don't know if Valencia would want to set her life up like that. So it would have been kind of nice to her for her to be like, hey, I know I've been feeling a lot of pressure to get married. That's because I really do want to get married. Is that something that you're also interested in? Can we talk about it? type of thing it would have been nice to see some sort of mature conversation but this is crazy ex-girlfriend and it is valencia so yeah i think i think the thing that's that makes it the worst to me is like it feels like this is the first time beth is ever hearing the fact yeah she wants to get married exactly. the first time she's hearing that valencia wants to get married is never valencia says you have to post to me or we're through basically which like that should no you should not be introducing the thing that you want the exact time you tell someone that they that that's the ultimatum you know that's just like yeah, and it it feels you know we said it before it feels very season one Valencia, and yeah. yeah she she could be regressing because of her Josh Chan trauma because we've all experienced Josh Chan trauma over the course of this show, so understandable. But I don't like it. I don't like they decide to go this direction with the Valencia Beth storyline. I wish they had found a different way to to get them and having if they want to have, get them into a place where they have a fight to end the cliffhanger, fine. But this just felt so. We've used the word before in recent episodes. Contrived. It feels very contrived to reach to this point. Not a fan of it. 
All right, we just have one more scene. Woo! We're almost oh there. <laughs> All right, let's do this. So uh, Rebecca visits Greg at the restaurant. Um, she tells him about the theater thing. It was terrible. I got yelled at, called an idiot, and fired. I got my dream stomped on. But look at you. You look so happy. Um, and he tells her that he has decided to stay in town and really open this place. And she says, wait, you're choosing to stay in West Covina by choice? <laughs> and he says he had to ask himself, like, is this because of her or this place? And Rebecca, that, this is where I was like, okay, Rebecca, come on. You know these guys are into you. She was like, why? Because of me. It's like, duh. Okay. <laughs> but he says, because I still care about you. But I really love this restaurant. And... Uh, Greg wants to get her to try something so he goes back to the kitchen and Rebecca sighs and says or she kind of sings to herself oh can someone lasso me a husband <laughs> but then she also sees in her mind that moment of her and Nathaniel leaning into each other and then she says damn it what she doesn't see at all is anything to do with Josh Chan exactly yeah. <laughs> yep. yep that's facts uh, boy, if we just got rid of that one little Nathaniel moment, this would have been just a perfect closing scene. And it already actually it already is really good. Um, like Rebecca spent so much time with the other two guys this episode that I was I actually really appreciated that we ended her with Greg here, especially after Greg is kind of coming along this high. I love that like Greg did not seem uh, desperate or overly emotional here. They had just broken up a couple episodes ago. So like this is still like relatively new that they're not dating. Uh, and, you know, comparatively to the, at least in my opinion, very immature reactions from the other two guys at all of their faces and their antics and very much like going way out of their way to be a part of Rebecca's, you know, situation here. This felt very natural. It felt very appropriate. Uh, and it made me feel warm and cozy inside because I really like them. And so give me more of this. Uh, please and thank you with a spoonful of San Marzano tomatoes. Yeah, this is a very grounded growth, Greg, conversation. Lots of G's happening. Um, it was really cool to see them just like have an adult conversation and not be like uh, swept up by the emotion of it all. My favorite part was when she thought about Nathaniel. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And that's our episode. <laughs> that's the episode. Uh, season four, episode 14 of Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. Uh, what an episode. Wild stuff. Uh, it's still actually pretty crazy to me that we just have three episodes proper left of this show. Uh, that is kind of blowing my mind here in this moment. But uh, we're not done here today, despite the fact that we're two and a half hours in. There are uh, still things... There are still things to be done, uh, places to go, maybe on trains, who knows? Uh, <laughs> people got stuff to do, uh, including, of course, getting into uh, one of our favorite segments here. Only three episodes left of the season. This could potentially be our last Todd's Game Corner! Todd's
And here we are. Back in Todd's Game Corner. Lindy, I mentioned this right at the very top of the episode of how important this was. I feel like you, to your credit, I feel like you've probably done a really good job mentally of just like forgetting about it until now. Is that is that a good read on the situation? Like, I did. My yeah. mind was preoccupied with talking through the entire episode. Yeah. I totally forgot about the quiz. Okay. Well, we do have a quiz today. Um, and just like, uh, just like last episode, uh, we have a guest for this and Marissa, you, uh, I believe, you know, the deal here in terms of, uh, how we deal with the game corner. I do want to give you some context though, which, which could very likely influence your decision here on, on who to pick. So we are in season four. Oh yeah. 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 So, so season four, uh, the first three seasons, I have a two to one season lead on Lenny in terms of, uh, the games overall. Um, but in season four here, the score is eight to five again in favor of me. Oh yeah. I will team up with Lindy. Yeah. Okay. We, you know, I, we, we were going to like build it up a little <laughs> bit more. You. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Lindy gets a friend here. Um, I'm not going to use the word that Lindy doesn't like because there's really no need to use it because if I win today, I win the season. Oh, the pressure straight up win the season. No chance of uh, oh no chance All of right. comeback. So All this right. is to stay alive. Uh, we have no idea what Todd has here today. Uh, okay, this could be very exciting. No pressure, Marissa. No pressure. Could be That's all. I don't. No I did pressure not. whatsoever. <laughs> Todd, uh, for potentially the last time. Of no, CHG. we can still do games. No, I know. I'm just trying to be dramatic. Uh, oh my gosh! Know. Don't be Valencia. Uh, <laughs> this is not an ultimatum, Adam. Uh, there is some kind of ultimatum here. Okay, Todd, what do you have for us today? Well, of course, the game has to be based on the most impactful song in the entire episode. So we're about apples. So uh, today we are going to be talking about different types of apples and mm -hmm. how popular they are. Oh, it's the no. yeah, yeah. So okay. it is based on the uh, the overall share, uh, like which which apples are sold more percentage wise, which apples are have more sales. So I'll give you two types of apples. You have to tell me which one has more sales uh, in the U.S. And this is as of like 2020, I believe. The stats. I love apples. Oh, great. So, uh, and Adam, I do not eat apples. So, this yeah. is, I, oh. well, I will say, even just we, we literally all just apple products, like all apple, not no, no, like no, 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 just a raw like, apple. Okay, I'll do so apple, apple, like, sauce, apple cider, apple sauce. Apple I love it all. Oh, yeah. Apple oh, yeah. Pie. All of it. Just not a hard, crisp apple. Gotcha. That just destroys me. Okay. All right. Wow. But I will say I know – I feel like I know my apples. Eh, not really. Okay. All right. Here we go. I'm just trying to get in Lindy's head. But it's yeah. this week. Okay. All right. I'm so, right Adam, your options are a Gala apple or a Honeycrisp apple. Oh. I feel like those are just right near the top. Unless there are other apples I'm not forgetting. I'm probably forgetting other apples. I feel like those are right near the top. Okay. Honeycrisp sounds better. Like if I'm thinking about like the if uh, you know what I mean like if I'm going to the store and I see Honeycrisp and Gala, I'm not going to a Gala. I'm not dressing First up for all, like a ball. Gala. So don't ball. answer his questions. Don't. But, um, I'm not going to answer. I just need to say Gala. But second of all, just for my clarification and edification, is this percentage uh, like of numbers sold or is this dollar amount based? Um, I 
I believe oh. it's percentage of uh, units sold. I okay, believe. thank you. I'm, I are, can double check that. Are those different numbers? Probably. Some apples like for me way... to know and for you to find out. Does <laughs> Runners have an inside scoop on the gap, like how expensive some of these apples are? Like are are honey I buy apples. apples? That's all I'm saying. I but buy like how apples. much? How much? How many apples could you possibly buy that like this would be? Bushels, okay. pecks. Bushels. A bushel and a peck. <laughs> oh my god. Um, Guys and dolls, yeah, it's from guys and dolls, yeah, uh, and the hug around the neck. That. Okay, um, <laughs> what are the two again? <laughs> uh, Gala, apparently, and go. Honeycrisp. Okay, I was matching Todd's pronunciation. From I'm gonna, that's I'm gonna pass the ball. I mean, I have, I have totally no the Gala. I just yeah, no, I don't know. Um, talking about getting in your head. Yeah, I am all up in my head, which is terrible because I need to not be there. Um, okay. <sighs> Let's go Gala Apple. Final answer. And Honeycrisp is the correct answer. So oh. Adam and uh -oh. this is on the first one. Opening the door. Opening the door. For Team Lindy. All right. So okay. next up, Team Lindy, your options are Fuji mm -hmm. and Granny Smith. Oh, Granny Smith. I don't know why I said that. I've literally never eaten a Granny Smith apple. I just, you know, okay. I would, I would, I would go with Granny Smith over Fuji apples in terms of popularity. You're not listening. Don't listen to Amber, Marissa. He can't too, steal though. our points. I do this every time. I don't. He can't steal our points, so we can talk freely. Okay, so I just, I personally buy more Granny Smith than Fuji because Fuji and Gala are pretty similar in their apple profiles yeah. so yeah adam okay I know my apples i'll tell you i've been trying to go with my gut on well, on the yeah, quizzes what do you got? um and my gut said granny smith so since we agree i it. think we have to do that final answer granny smith locking it in go for green and we are still tied up because <laughs> fuji dang it is the more popular it's it's Clark. pretty How? close america you are wrong yep well, yeah, the good news is, Marissa, you know your apples. So I yeah. do. I know yeah. my apples. I, yeah. I think, think the problem might be that if Fuji and Gala are very close to profile, they're both more popular than Granny Smith. Yes. Uh, so, But Granny Smith, some peanut butter, you cannot go wrong. Okay, continue. Anyway. All right, Adam, next up, Pink Lady and Red Delicious. What is a Pink Lady? I know what it is. <laughs> <laughs> hmm... Does that mean you buy it? How many types of apples so are you So many buying? apples. No, but like a quantity or like variety, both? I, there's literally a farmer's market like right over there that I go to every, every. Can 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 multiple types of apples grow in the same climate or is it like a like what's the okay, whatever. I, I don't even need apples, so I don't even uh, this means nothing. Okay, what are the this is a pink lady and something? Pink lady and red delicious. <sighs> I feel like Todd wants me to pick Red Delicious, and that was my gut. Do I go with my gut, Lindy? Do I let Lindy design? <laughs> I can tell don't you what to the, answer. Don't fall for the trap. Don't fall for the trap. Oh, I'm down. Oh no, I'm not gonna tell you. Oh, I thought you said you would. Okay, I thought you. Well, would. I was joking. I... Oh. Okay. <laughs> I'm not. See, the problem is, if I gave you an answer, I'd probably accidentally give you the right answer. So I'm not gonna do that. 
What if I promise to make the opposite of the answer? It does not matter, Adam. Okay. I'm not helping you. Okay. Um, in a way, you kind of just did, though. Maybe. We'll see. Uh, How? I, don't I didn't know. do anything. <laughs> I don't know. I don't make the rules. I'm going to go with... Oh, my goodness. Do I go against my gut just to, like, really... I'm going to do it. Okay, I'm going to go pink lady. Final answer. Should have followed your gut. Red Delicious is the more popular, which is... Bread Delicious is frequently considered like one of the most disgusting. It's super it's so popular. Boring. That's like it's, the it's fake like, one, right? That's it's, the it's waxy like, one. Oh, Red oh. Delicious is off. I, I cannot stand Red Delicious. They're usually they get mushy. So uh, Red Delicious is like it's one. Of, it's like often a, a joke that Red Delicious is like the the most ill named apple because they're not really that delicious. But uh, anyway. So I just yeah. want to clarify, all of us have gotten every question wrong so far. Yeah. So but I eat, know apples. But yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If, Lindy, if this King, is you can win this. You can yeah, win the whole thing. If Team Lindy right gets this right, then a uh, they take the game. This is it. This is the question. This is yeah. the final question. Yeah. If, if, if you miss this, this right, a, yeah, I win and I stay in the competition for the season. All right. Okay? I need to yeah. channel all my knowledge. Right. Channel so all your apple knowledge. Okay. The options mm -hmm. are mm -hmm. golden delicious. And Macintosh. Why would you do this, Todd? Why? <laughs> Why would you do this? Because these two apples are very similar. Red, Macintosh and Red Delicious are similar. And Golden Delicious and Granny Smith are similar. Because Golden Delicious is not as tart as a, as a Granny Smith. So, but Red Delicious is less delicious than a Macintosh. Okay, this is hard because I know these varieties the least. Like, Marissa obviously knows the taste of all of these, but <laughs> I eat a lot of apples. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Golden Delicious and Macintosh, like, neither of those, like, really sticks out to me. I I was leaning more towards one just on my gut, but... Wait, what's your gut say? I was leaning more towards Macintosh, but I... is that what you were thinking? Yeah, because I think people who like red apples, like like the red delicious, go for the Macintosh. Okay. Golden delicious. What color is that? Is, is that it's, like a yellow? It's like a light green. Light yeah, green. But it's a softer apple than a green delicious, which is a hard apple that has a tart profile. Are lots of people... Talk about... I could be that. an apple connoisseur. Here's the thing, you're an apple expert. So now in the future, if oh. we ever have um what if a, we get a rock? <laughs> what? What if we get this rock? I can't be an expert. I can oh, be wait. like a like a fan. Consultant. Um yeah, yeah, that works. That works. Yeah. Also, okay. the circus for one person, uh an apple uh connoisseur would be a pomalier. That's just for that's just just for the one French speed. Okay, never mind. Continue. <laughs> oh, okay. nice job. All right, Marissa, we have to answer this question. Yeah, what are we saying? We're going to Macintosh. Do we think Macintosh is is a good 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 choice? I think more people buy Macintosh over Golden Delicious. But okay. I mean, that's what I that's what my gut says, and our guts agree. So I think our guts that's agree, what we got. and I know that was bad last time. But I know. I I'm okay with it. Let's. Lock in. Final answer, Macintosh. Adam is giving his thumbs up as you're saying. You know, uh, this is a win-win either way. Because <laughs> if Lindy wins, everyone is happy who listens and is on the podcast. And if she loses, then both of their guts are wrong twice. And that's really funny to me. So this is good. <laughs> this is good no matter how this swings. 
Yeah, well, uh, Adam gets to laugh because your guts were both wrong. Golden Delicious is very, very America. slightly. Okay, Can here's we... the deal. I have a feeling that people in Illinois eat different apples than people everywhere else because it is a, I know my apples. The Golden Delicious Macintosh. Delicious. The Golden Delicious Macintosh is the closest out of all of the comparisons. It's 2.2 against 2.1%. It's very, why? very close. Why would you yeah. do this? Okay, so, sorry, uh, Lindy. I'll buy so you not that. Well, it's not over. It's, it's not, not over. It's not over yet. We, we all suck so bad question. that we <laughs> yeah. we couldn't get one question right. Okay, okay. there's gonna be a tiebreaker, so, Marissa. We still have a, we still oh, have a chance. Benjamin Button in it. Yeah. Got it. So uh, yeah, now we're going to <laughs> imagine if we started the podcast with this tiebreaker. <laughs> the full tone would be so different. Oh my goodness. Oh my so a. Uh, so as always, the tiebreaker is going to be a, a guess the number oh, yeah. thing, oh, and whoever is no. closest <laughs> a, a, is going to win. And if you're both the same distance away, whoever's closest up going over will be the one who wins. So we're staying in the apple realm, mm. uh, and this is going to be like per capita. How many pounds per capita of apples were consumed in the U.S.? Oh my God! In what? Are and I, what? I, Why are you doing? <laughs> that? Oh my God! So I, so I'll tell you that apples were the number two most consumed piece of produce yeah. that was on this list. People eat the apples. Number, the number five. I will give you the pounds per capita for the number five to give you a a, a jumping off point. Okay. So number five was avocados. And avocados were 8.92 pounds per capita. And so apples are So out of 100 people, 100 people are eating 8.9 avocados. Uh, It's one person. One person is eating it per year. One person. Yeah, it's like like on on average, like out of the U.S. population. Okay, okay, okay. Whenever it's all all taken together, like per capita, like per each person, per person, like like that many pounds. Marissa, what do you think your number is? No, 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 no. Do not, do not say that. Adam, (laughs) let's talk about my number in public. Adam, (laughs) and then Marissa and I will talk about it. Oh my god! All right, so I need. I'm just okay. Fine, I'll answer and then I'm I'm curious. Uh, okay, Lindy's being very uh, very intense about this. Are you kidding here. me? Are you, <laughs> very, that would not be uh, fair if she was very, talking about it before you answered. This is for the whole Granny Smith. This here, is for so the we whole gotta, Granny Smith. <laughs> okay, so I let's. Mean, it's better than a golden delicious. Um, my God, this is so brutal. <laughs> It's how many pounds of apples do I think the average person eats a year? And we're talking raw apples. Uh, oh, it's good just, question. It's just apple consumption is what it says. Oh, that's uh, so tricky. Yeah, yeah, now we're getting... And okay. like I said, like number five was 8.92 pounds. And this is number two. Apple. So to give you kind of weight. like a... Like... <laughs> do you know what an apple weighs? <laughs> no, I don't eat apples. <laughs> Uh, oh, oh my god. Uh, okay, I'm gonna go with that. All right, so I have Adam's guess. So you guys feel free to discuss amongst yourselves. Okay. Okay, what do you think? I was hoping to get your thoughts as oh, an okay. apple connoisseur. As an apple connoisseur, I would say... It's got to be up in like the 20s. Oh, you think? Yeah. Okay. Because 
we're not too far away from 10 at five. Like it's 8.9 8. at five. Nine was the number five most. And yeah. so it's going to be above that. Do you, uh, ooh. okay. Yeah. It's going to be above that, which 20 is above that. I just think that apples are super popular and people buy them in large bags, usually five pound bags. Usually those have about a five pound bag could have like eight to 10 apples in it. And that's like one bag. (laughs) Okay. I did not know my eating of apples would come in, like come into play so much. Okay. (laughs) But, like, if people are buying, like, one five-pound bag of apples, like, say, one per month, that's that's a lot of apples. That's but more than 20. everyone does that. It's going to be on Agreed. average. Yes, I know. And I have a feeling the northern part of this country does this more than the southern part of this country. I don't know. I don't apples know. <laughs> just, like, seem like a thing that grow up here that, be, that not grow down there. Uh, what do you – I don't know. I have no strong feelings. <laughs> okay (laughs) okay here was my thought before you said your number okay i was thinking like somewhere between 15 to 20 and then you said in the 20s so maybe we should like i mean trusting our gut has not worked out for us at all (laughs) so logically in between there (laughs) well yeah i'm like should it be like 20 you know right on right on there or should we lower it a bit or raise it a bit I don't know. I this is your game. I know. Oh, I love the part <laughs> of the quiz where the guest reiterates how like this Lindy's decision and her game. <laughs> it happens every time, and it is it's so yeah. It's it's a quintessential part of this game. Well, this is a really high steep. Yeah. Level. Oh, it is. Yeah, it is. But yeah, it shouldn't be on Marissa's shoulders as the guest, you know, whether I win or lose. It's yeah. very kind of you. I just yeah. wish that I could give you I, I wish I had a stronger feeling. I feel That's like okay. a password right. or something. I appreciate all the input and just the moral support of yeah. having you pick No matter team. what happens, I'm here for you. And Thank you. you're worth all of the apples. <laughs> Thank you. And my feelings are valid, right? Yeah, always. <laughs> Always. Okay. Oh my gosh. The good thing, Lindy, is that there is just nothing riding on this. So, <laughs> uh, well, that's the problem. No I would have answered already if, you know, it was like, what early would you have season. answered if there was no stakes? Well, that's hard to say because there are. <laughs> <laughs> <I'm stressed>. <laughs> <laughs> three, two, one, go. What's like, don't like officially say it, but like, three, two, one, go. What do you think? I'm I'm thinking like 19. Go for it. That's it. Do, you, do we should we add a decimal point? Oh. That could matter. In do. What? 19.2. Oh. Uh, 19.7. Uh, I don't know. 19.5. I'm just going to say them all and then <laughs> whichever one you feel strong 19.1.2. I'm not going to go in order. 19.9. Yeah. Yeah, jumping around gives a better like reaction. Oh yeah. 19.4. Oh my gosh, I'm struggling. 19.8. This might matter or it might not. So, <laughs> do you want me to tell you if I included a decimal in mine? I know you did. 
did I? <laughs> tell me. Well, now I'm not going to tell you because oh, you, you have the audacity to just assume there. <laughs> you always do, though. Oh. I'm sorry, everyone listening. I'm sorry I haven't answered yet. It's just that this is really important to me. I take this seriously, and I usually get everything wrong. So, <laughs> Marissa, what about 19.1? Feels good. Do you do you like that number? I mean, yeah. I don't. Again, I'm not. I got nothing big but my birthday is a 19 in the first month so january 19th yes so 19.1 okay is special to me (laughs) all right so even if i lose it was a special number yeah i think we just need to end this no matter what happens final answer 19.1 oh this is exciting did you also say 19 no so uh so so your guess was 19.1. Uh-huh. Adam's guess was 10.9. The actual answer was 16.8, meaning that Lindy wins because she was off by 2.3 while Adam was off by 5.9. Hello. Oh apples, my god. Apples. <laughs> apples. What up, apples? Yeah. <laughs> We're apple women. All right. Yeah. <laughs> Can I let's do that rap? Do it. <laughs> <laughs> apples. <laughs> apples. Oh my god. Apples. <laughs> apples. <laughs> uh, congratulations, Team Lindy, on the win there. Still alive. Oh my god. Okay. What a what a, what are we doing here? Um eight to eight to six, I believe, right? Is now yes. the the Thank you, Marissa. We did it. We did it. Uh, How exciting. I will say our early performance on the consumption was questionable at best. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, I'm actually, uh, I think we should both be pretty proud of how close we were at the end there. Neither of us were like crazy off. No more than double digits off. So as close as me. So Um, Adam, Adam, you want to know what the, uh, the fruit has the most per pound? I did want to know banana, please. Banana, banana was number one. But how at what at how much? Twenty six. No, it's it's lower. Apple's number two total, right? It has to be lower than sixteen. Oh, I thought you were saying banana was above apple. Yeah, I yeah. thought banana. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it's pound, pound, Yeah. Wait, do you want to? Yeah. All right, wait. You said twenty six. I think it's lower than twenty six. Give me like twenty. Uh, let's see. BBC I bananas. Let's see. Look it up again. True. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> apparently i really have a thing for produce i know my produce yeah all right so uh bananas was 27.22 compared wow. to apple 16.18 okay um so i just double won that quiz clearly <laughs> kind of yeah uh lindy is, is so cocky right now uh, i am <laughs> asterisk by this like in the record yeah. book because you won twice yeah, yeah maybe um what will be in the record book is that i could still win next quiz uh so let's you know, <laughs> maybe take it easy there a little bit with the cockiness but we're not even we're not even done with this episode yet we're, we have we're <laughs> almost at the three hour mark we still have a, a few more things to do the first of course is to give out some pretzels for the song of this episode just the one song we're only rating the one song so no crazy amounts of pretzels here the unless you have objections are we are we not rating like the other songs as a whole i'm just i'm just asking i have nothing interesting to say about the score i would give them so uh, you know i like 
Who cares? We don't have to. Unless anyone feels strongly about it. I feel like it should just be one, though. I feel like we scored cats, but it's just because we all wanted to give it zeros. Yep. So we just had <laughs> so, to have the zeros. And I don't think we feel that strongly about these songs no. as we did. About it would the be cats. like just... a point, whatever, one point, whatever. So yeah, um, so, yeah I'm, okay. I'm fine with like skipping it this time. So what'll it be? The prize. Uh, I'll just start this one off. My answer is very clear here. Five pretzels uh, to this song without question. I don't even think it's close. Um, I absolutely loved it. I would have taken more of this song. This was just uh, this was just so good. Uh, Marissa, we'll go to you uh, as the guest this episode. What will it be? I will also give it five pretzels. We With some extra yeah. salt because it was new. Oh, Greg. oh, <laughs> a little extra salt. Okay, we uh, absolutely love to see that. Todd, what about you? Yeah, it's not going to get five from me. I think just because, like you said, you wanted more of it. I wanted more of it. Uh, it's I think think it's good for what it is, but a uh, it doesn't quite reached the original for me but it's still good so i'm gonna give it a four uh only a four from todd and lindy exact same response as todd i'm giving it a four okay uh still pretty high there in terms of overall pretzels uh a decent average i think uh maybe one of our higher watermarks of season four actually now that i'm like looking at this list i think it's like in the top three or four uh which is probably more emblematic of the songs of season four than it is about this song uh in specific but that's okay uh and then the final uh final segment of our episode today our truly happy point uh, who made us truly happy this episode? And so, gosh, there are quite a few people to choose from. Uh, I'd like to start with Lindy. Lindy, who made you truly happy this episode? I'm assuming you started with me because there's only one clear choice in my mind. And for this episode, that was Nathaniel. <laughs> I loved um, I loved that he was, you know, randomly got into the musical and can sing. And I loved how, um, you know, he sang Rebecca's song for her, you know, putting her words out to an audience. And I also love how just honest he was of like, yeah, I only did this to hang out with you. I thought that was sweet. And their little almost kiss gave me some hope there at the end. So Nathaniel made me happy. Okay, now that we've gotten that out of the way, Todd, who made you truly happy this episode? Uh, this is this is a little bit of a rough one. I think if if Heather hadn't declared her dislove of a uh, of musical theater, she would have been in the running a little bit more. Um, Beth had like the line of the episode, so I uh, tempted to give it to her just to, but she's been bombed the whole storyline, so it kind of like. Uh, I mean, honestly, it is down between two people, which is Greg and Nathaniel. I mean, those are the two who really, because Nathaniel, I I do love Nathaniel going up and like singing Rebecca's song, like encouraging her, being the one to go out and do that and and help with that. But with Greg, I love the storyline of him like coming to realization that a uh, he was always held back in his past by himself, and now getting ready to to go forward and. I think in the end, I am going to have to go with Greg because I've not given Greg any points this season. And so I think Greg deserves this point for me today. Yeah, uh, we love to see it. Marissa, who made you truly happy this episode? Well, does it have to be a main character? No, it could be anybody that was on the show that you wanted to. Yeah, it's got to be Connie. Like, just seeing, share, like, it was just such a delight and... um such a surprise because the show doesn't necessarily get a lot of guests there's a lot of people that i recognize after the show like are on the show that go on to other things but very rarely do we get like 
an appearance by someone um, like Sherry Terry. So Connie made me truly happy. Yeah, uh, I am between Greg and Connie as well. Uh, I think my only problem was that like the songs were just so problematic um, yeah. like i like her a little bit um but her performance this episode was spectacular but i you know i've been having this trend as of late every other episode i give greg a truly happy boy and it's been the case for the last like eight episodes so we're gonna do it again because greg was genuinely the character that made me the happiest this episode i really loved his storyline especially apart from rebecca getting the win at the restaurant was huge loved his interaction with heather even chris coming in i like the greg portion of chris coming in there uh plus he's making lasagna he's doing the san marzano tomatoes i mean we love to see we love to see every part of what's happening here from Greg. So Greg made me truly happy this episode. Um, and Greg is, uh, you know, starting to uh, rack up a little bit of a score here. Uh, well, thanks. Partially thanks to me here in season four. But uh, certainly starting to rack up a little bit of a following here in season four. We only have a couple episodes left to see who makes us uh, the happiest of the season. Um, but that's it. That's it for us here at One of Scrubble Podcast. Just a tight three hours. Not, no big deal uh no worries at all this is you know quick in and out quick in and out we only have a couple episodes left uh marissa yeah it was so good having you here thanks so much Thank for taking you. three hours out of your day to talk to us <laughs> hey she had five i, I, I mean so. we basically I saved her two hours on, no but i got two on loan i gotta cash yeah. in two more well do you want to keep this going for a while i mean do you want to <laughs> like we could <laughs> i'm sure lindy would love it right no i please. would leave you guys can do an after show <laughs> maybe <laughs> i'll take i'll t- i'll put them on hold you can cash okay. them in later awesome um yeah no thank you so much for having me i loved this whole thing was all three hours were so much fun thanks for uh putting up with my taylor swiftness all of it um and apples and i apparently am really enthusiastic about apples really i did apples. not know that about myself until today so yeah. thank you so much for that you should start like an apple podcast or something like that apple Where podcast on apple podcast. each one yeah. no, no 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 i would literally squirm <laughs> i won't do that it would be really bad um yeah so i uh, yeah thanks yeah, of course. Uh, and, uh, you know, all the amazing stuff you did in the past three hours. If people, we did our, we did our, we did our I know plug. we did our mid plug podcast. We should, I mean, we should probably still do it at the end. You know, sure, whatever. Anyone sure. who's still here after three hours probably already knows where all of us are. But for those who don't and want to hear more of you and your takes on various shows and stuff yeah. that you're covering, where can they find it? Yeah, so usually uh, you can find me on Post Show Recaps. Most recently I wrapped up coverage for Cobra Kai, which yes. is, you know, the greatest weirdest show i've ever watched um it's so deep it's so like i mean it's just you should watch it if you watch it listen to my podcast about it and um todd came on that podcast and i covered it with uh jason reed so that was really fun i'm kind of in a little bit of a lull right now but some stuff will be getting kicking back up at the end of the month so if you're interested in what's going on with me you can find me on twitter at marsbars m-a-r-z-b-a-r-s and if you are also a post recaps patron you can find me talking about media and pedia on mediapedia the patron only uh, podcast where we answer questions like what is the effect of spoilers on what you watch or other random questions we try to answer like we know what we're talking about usually it depends so yeah, I'd say you, it depends. Yeah. <laughs> it's almost always the I know it's the answer on the one I guessed it on. So, yeah. No, so yeah, that's where you can find me. And thanks again for having me. Yeah, well, uh, you know, sometimes it depends. Um, sometimes, sometimes. Um, 
Uh, we're very excited uh, about all the stuff that you're doing. The media, Peter, listen, is always great over there. Everything on post show recaps is fantastic. Um, and then, of course, whatever show we cover next, we still haven't exactly decided full on. But when we do, we would love to have you. So uh, open invitation, always back here to One Unscribable Podcast. I will um, happily join. <laughs> uh, amazing. Lindy, uh, what are you up to? Where can people find you at? What are you doing these days? Uh, same as always, I'm here week after week with all of you on one indescribable podcast. Um, but yes, I want to say thank you, Marissa, for coming back. This was so much fun. Thank you for joining my team. You kept me in the game. I loved all your Taylor Swift insight <laughs> and your Apple knowledge and just everything you brought tonight. So thank you for being here. Um, that Taylor Swift podcast is probably going to happen. It actually. needs to happen. Now that I'm like thinking about it, I think it probably, I think it could happen. I think that's probably the only way we get there on the podcast. It's um, happening. We're doing it. Okay. Yeah. yeah okay. <laughs> I'm All done. Right. You have to be the one to pitch it though. Okay. Todd, uh, what are you up to? <laughs> also, um, you yeah, can oh, find please. me on Twitter at TV Lindy and our podcast Twitter as always one CXG podcast. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> We're really good at this. Todd, <laughs> yeah. I'm not going to say it again. It's your turn. Yeah. I'd say it's, it's not like we've been doing this for like well over a year or anything like that. We're we're not seasoned professionals or anything. No. Uh, yeah. So you can find me on Twitter at librarian Todd because Todd Librarian is too many characters. You can also find me over on twitch.tv slash DM Philly occasionally playing a D&D game based on Wheel of Time called Threads in the Pot Pattern. And by the time that this drops, I believe you'll be able to hear me and Adam over on Post Show Recaps uh, covering Guillermo del Toro's Cabinet of Curiosities. Ooh. I am yes. curious about this. Uh, yes, me too. Um, a very interesting show. I've only seen one episode so far, but uh, very excited to talk about it with Todd. Uh, I'm Adam H. You can find me on Twitter at PianomanAdam1, as well as a, uh, a host of all other places over on Post Show Recaps. First of all, if you're not a patron over there, you should do it. Patreon.com, Blackstacks Post Show Recaps. Uh, it's the best time of the month because it's always the best time of the month to join Post Show Recaps. Come have fun with us. You get patron-only podcasts like Huey with myself, Kevin Mahadeo, and Melissa when we're talking about Doctor Who. We're in the David Tennant era. Very excited. Uh, you also get patron podcasts like Mediapedia, as we discussed before, um, as well as other patron perks like the Discord, where you could play Dungeons & Dragons with us over there as well which is super duper fun also on poster recaps i'm talking about final fantasy 7 remake with brooklyn zed uh we have made it to wall market in chapter 9 very big chapter uh but it's a ton of fun come check out my attractiveness rankings of all of the characters in that game it's a very uh hotly debated topic and list over uh on uh, the psr discord very fun over there uh we did mention it on this podcast mythic quest with myself and jessica sterling season three is going to be coming out uh before you know it and we're super excited to talk about it we did a season one pod and a season two pod come check that out i'm pretty sure we're going to get lindy on at least one of those podcasts if i it's the last thing we do we're forcing her to be on with us uh <laughs> it has to happen um and then yeah uh like todd said cabinet curiosity is also coming out also if you missed the coverage uh last week with myself and the amazing Grace Leader, we talked about Inside Man, the Stephen Moffat show. It's only four episodes, has David Tennant, Stanley Tucci. Um, a very uh, interesting show that we have a lot of fun talking about. So go check out those podcasts. But of course, the most important place you can find me is right back here, where next week we will be back talking about season four, episode 15. And I don't think it's going to be the three of us yet again, because we have so many guests here uh, who have all lined up their spots at the end of the podcast. Todd, uh, who do we have coming up next week? Next week for the Vegas episode, we have Touchdown Tommy. Yes, which is uh, so ironic because 
very legitimately next week i will be in vegas with touchdown tommy so uh this, this is very fun we'll be back here next week for season four episode 15 of one of the Skyville podcast and until then bye